It's been 200 episodes of this show that I think Mark and I thought we were just desperate enough to have to do together. Who thought that we'd get to episode 200? Uh, this is Hotline League, everybody. Speak. Oh, Mark's already having issues. Uh, <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, your, your, your camera turned off for a second. It came back. I don't know what's going on. I didn't do anything. Either way, it wouldn't be an episode of Hotline League without random things occurring. First off, let me... For the 200th time, wait, did one time, did we Ooh. have somebody else host one time? Captain Flowers has hosted once because okay. I was out. For the 199th time, <laughs> let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, I'm doing great, dude. Uh, it's the off season. Time is continuing to flow forwards. It hasn't stopped despite it feeling like nothing is happening. I mean, I've got a ton of stuff I'm doing, but... Uh, most, a lot of it is Genshin Impact related. So I guess that's, that's what's going on. We had lunch today with 1010, which was really cool. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And then returning to the show, I think the last time you were on might've been episode 100? 150 maybe? Well, 100? It can't have been that long, right? I mean, There's we have half of the shows. Was the last one on with, with Peter? Mm, I don't think so. You guys no, you... have not done two years worth of shows without me, right? I'm, everyone's uh, heard my, like, we've done a lot thing. more than that, I think. No, no. he. I mean, Peter or Kelby was on for the uh, Peter episode. You were on for episode 113 a year ago. Okay. Uh, oh, you were on for episode 151 because we yeah. talked about Peter retiring. And yeah. so you came on to talk about that. Okay, okay. So it's only been... Did any of us about... predict that he would be coming back? Because I feel like we must have predicted that. Someone should go check those old ones. I don't know. Well, regardless, uh, you are... It's Yeah, it's been about a year since you've been on. You're going to be on. Thank you, the by the way, for everybody damn gifting year of my life. a ton of subs in the chat because uh, that's super cool to celebrate. Um, shout out, by the way, to Alienware and Game Fuel. For sponsoring the show, I busted out one of my very last greatest sherbet flavors. Do you do you still have the extras, Kelby, or did you drink them? Oh, I have I have some courageous sherbets for sure. Okay, I let's barter uh, later on because I definitely need more. Uh, anyway, but how? First off, how are you doing, Kelby? What's the last year been like for you? Yeah, what do you even do anymore? Uh, I still sell brand deals at at Loaded, including this wonderful sponsorship with with game fuel uh probably the best beverage partner for hotline league in its entire history true. so Un true unquestionably including um, the future until yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i i sell i sell i sell brand deals at loaded for for our wonderful talent and influencers uh i spent a lot of the last year in montreal actually with my partner julius the first time i'd lived abroad for a significant period of time and that was really dope uh does Canada count as living abroad? Yes. I mean, Montreal does. If any part of Canada does, it's Montreal that does. Okay, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal's fair. Yeah, because it's the French-speaking province. Um, also, just, like, spending... You know, like, we have a lot of, like, ideas about what it's like to live in other countries and how much the U.S. sucks. And uh, I, I got to say, it was, uh, not to get political, but it was, it was really nice uh, living in Canada for seven and a half months last year. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Total War Warhammer, uh, unsurprising to you. And unfortunately, I skipped out on the invitation from Peter and Lena to go to EDC because I'd 
I will admit to the chat, I kind of lost faith in the Chainsmokers for a sec there. But, appar but apparently they did an amazing set in EDC, and now I have tons of regrets. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Didn't they get COVID at EDC? The Chainsmokers? Oh, no, no, no. no. You Peter missed Nina. that, dude. And, but no, they, that was earlier in the year, I think, that they got, they got whenever Peter had COVID again, I think. Again? How many again. times has this guy had COVID? He says that he's had it twice, I thought. Uh didn't didn't he say that on stream? Maybe I'm mistaking him with somebody else or something. I don't know. Not trying to leak anything. I'm not going to comment publicly on Peter's uh, vaccination matters. status or or COVID. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway, uh, Mark, I know we just talked about what Kelby's been doing for the past year. What have you been doing for the past couple of days? The past year. The past couple of days, I said. Uh, having existential dread of the future. Why? Why yeah, it's just just sometimes those things hit you. It's that for, time of the year again for reasons. Everything is is you have to figure out what next year looks like. Sponsor yeah. deals are getting renewed. Everything's yep. getting renewed, and like yeah, yeah, it's just so much which, so much renewal. Which reminds me, you know, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the Game Fuel deal. If we have any appreciative fans in the chat, now would be the perfect time to maybe tweet at Game Fuel and let them know you appreciate their support of Hotline League and Travis Gafford Industries. Actually, very true, uh, because uh, you're, you'd be making Kelby's life more easier, or easier because whenever we go into those conversations for next year with Game Fuel, I think it's really nice when they're like, wow, Courage's fans never tweeted us. Aspen's <laughs> fans never tweeted us. Like, Travis's fans do. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I is think. There, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to ask: Is there any? Do we do we have the most? Kelby has like the. Do you see the spreadsheets? Do we have the most engagements from fans to, not on our own tweets, but on well, them Courage cheated because he released like a custom flavor yeah. this year. So like that just. That's a little biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack. Jack also like really went super hard in supporting the custom flavor. So it's we're not comparing apples and apples there. It's uh. But we're number two. Is, I like to think. Yeah, for sure. It's I, I think the internal rankings for sure is like Jack number one, Hotline League is right behind it, and then probably a decent gap we have like Dr. Disrespect. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's about right to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but here here's one thing I want to say. Like setting aside the game fuel stuff, uh, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I just wanted to thank everyone for supporting the show for 200 episodes. Like... Uh, our callers have called in. We have these repeat callers that, like, uh, you know, have their takes frequently on the show that, like, they're super dedicated. There are people that tweet at me and they're like, hey, I listen to Hotline League every week. Last week, Spotify, another TGI partner, uh, did their, like, year in review, like, re re rap rewind or whatever it's called. And, uh, and a lot of people were tweeting. I think at both, Mark, I'm sure you saw this too. A lot of people tweeting yeah. about how many episodes of Hotline League they'd listen to and all that stuff throughout the year and how it was like a lot of people's number one podcast. So I just want to thank all of you. I think the other thing is uh, whenever I went, whenever I went independent back in the middle of 2017 and we started the show a couple months after that, you know, I didn't know what life was going to look like and Mark and, and Mark and I did the show and it, I think Kelby can attest to this. Like, 
that this show is kind of the quote-unquote crown jewel of the TGI empire. As And I, I say that somewhat jokingly, but like it is all of your support, the fact that you guys all shout out our, our sponsors and tweet at people, you tune in every week. Uh, you know, there's a ton of viewers on Twitch and it's like, it's, it's something we do literally every week. Like it has been, I think the foundation for, um, a lot of different deals and opportunities and things that have really sustained and grown the business over the year. So I uh, look on episode 200. I just want to start off by saying thank you to all of you for tuning in and supporting the show and tweeting at sponsors, shouting them out, sending Mark and I encouraging messages, caring getting angry at every Tom shoe call and take, uh, you know, it's just, there's been a lot of really great moments in 200 episodes. And so I just want to take this moment to say thank you to all of you, even though everyone in the chat is just getting busy, getting themselves timed out by spamming cat because, uh, of Lahim. Mark Mark's, uh, alcoholic beverage in the shot. Uh, we're excited for when we get the game feel in the shot as well. Um, anyway, <laughs> There we uh, go. On that sentimental note, I agree. I appreciate all the fans for showing up all the time, making this. I would say, without any research, the longest running show in esports. That's um, true. Yeah, I mean, for for dedicated to a single game. Yeah, yeah. I think there's other shows that have been longer, but they've taken like hiatus or whatever. But I don't know too many that have done like we've done over four years nonstop, right? Um, pretty much, because each pretty, each year is 52 weeks. So yeah. in order to hit this. Yeah. And every every now and then, I think around the holidays, we'll skip an episode or something like that. But we do about 50 episodes a year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's really cool, I think. The other the other thing I was going to say when you were talking about the Spotify stuff is there's a tweet that I had that died on the vine because I, I think I was too lazy to release it. But, like, it's kind of scary whenever that, that comes out. It's kind of a horror story, actually, whenever people start being like, I've watched 2,000 hours of you. And I'm like, I filled your head with that much garbage? Like, <laughs> ugh. I don't want to have that power over anyone. No, 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 like, no, no. Putting this Keep many listening. bad ideas. Keep and... listening. It's great you guys are tuning in, okay? Mark is not trying to suggest you need to stop listening. It's, uh, let's let's go to another 200 episodes after this, okay? I can't wait for episode 400. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into what's been happening this week. Um, oh, and just a little context for people that I know we mentioned Kelby and it's been a year since he's been on the show, but if you've tuned in and, and become a fan of the show in the past year, uh, context on Kelby, Kelby was on probably like every fourth episode or something for the first hundred episodes. Was, was he not actually just one of the co-hosts for the first like 50? I thought, no, he was not an official co-host. You were not Kelby. Co no. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I was definitely on a decent amount at the. In the it, really in the golden era of the show, you know, like how CLG has like their good years. Ooh, and likening us the, to CLG—that's a great way to celebrate episode two hundred. <laughs> we're, we're on life support, just like CLG right now. That's why oh. it's coming back. For... Oh. Um, so yeah, we thought it would be fun to, and we had a lot of the long-time viewers. Like I saw Real Foxy one in the chat saying that he he was going to go to sleep, but then saw this on, and a lot of people previously in the in the episodes leading up to this. Um, that have been around for a long time have been asking to have Kelby on. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's just nice to sort of celebrate that. Uh, I can announce right now, by the way, that we next week will have LS on barring any dramatic changes or anything there. So he'll be talking about obviously his stuff, but it's nice. Cause you know what, this episode we get to just, uh, callers can call in, they can trash C9 for getting LS. We can, 
and put all of our criticisms and critiques out. Uh, we could just rail against this person. And then uh, next week we can be like, Alice, it's so great to have you on the show. Uh, we've, we're huge fans of your work and everything you do. And we think you're going to succeed we, in every way possible. We, we bumped him for Kelby. We were like, LS. No, that's not true. Just to be clear, that is not true. What we didn't do was we didn't bump Kelby for LS. Because uh, obviously we didn't know when, when the LS announcement was going to hit or whatever. So um, we're looking forward to having him on next week. And, and yeah. I know he did that big AMA and all that stuff. So there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think we'll cover. So for this week, you're talking about topics. Um, there's the NA drama with Five Fire not getting a team. There's the EU drama from just today um, with Mickey and Carlos. Yeah, there's... we don't normally talk about EU stuff, but I feel like that's too spicy not to talk about. And Kelby formerly, by the way, for, also for context, Kelby used to run CLG back when it was right before it became good. Yes. But before it became terrible. Uh, so well, he was like... Yeah. They were they were good, but they weren't winning the mm. LCS while they Kelby almost was good. got relegated by G Gigi. By they were popular and Kelly they were in. third. Well, but yeah, but they also got third or fourth a couple times in a row, I think, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got. Uh, I you don't guys know were always we one one game away, I think, from getting to worlds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was a very common experience. We so, both have that. Kelby can talk about what it's like to have a a player call you a liar about buyouts on. You've had that experience. Before, well, I've like, always been honest with my players, so that's never been an issue, actually. Okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good I'm episode. Kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, are, we'll any, are any of the players that you've worked with your your child's uncle? Uh, No. I also okay. don't have any children. <laughs> okay. Well, just worth not, asking. Not that I know of. Yeah. I, I know for a fact there are no children out there. That are my offspring. Yes. Well, uh, anyway, uh, somebody says, is the guy below you the guy when you got Lokodoko from the airport to the CLG house? Yes. Kelby was in that video. If that's the vlog that you've watched recently. He's in a lot of my, my older content. Yeah. Um, and then and then you went and did a bunch of stuff at Twitch, and now you're at Loaded, and you do yeah, deals EG for Shroud and, and Dr. Lupo and yeah. people that are almost as well-known as I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't really like to classify the tiers, um, but everybody kind of on the loaded roster knows that there's like Travis, and then yes, the tier below is like Dr. Lupo, Shroud, yes. Castro, those yes, guys. Yes, that's true. Uh, I should yeah. pull up... Nepotism the, so strong in I esports. should pull up the picture of me in the in the office from last week so that people can see... Yeah, the... that's the one that's right above my desk. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up on the screen, but... So yeah, we got that as as Mark was listening. We got the G two drama. We got uh, the LS stuff because now that's a thing, mm -hmm. um, which is is cool. We can finally talk about that stuff. Um, we've got uh, a whole lot of things actually um, to talk about on the show, and I think just some general things. I, is there anything I'm forgetting? Everyone in Twitch chat, let us know if uh, there's anything that we are not uh, not recalling correctly. Um, in terms of things to talk about for next year. Uh, All-Stars uh, being canceled. I don't know if we need to talk about that. Um, you got people that are already ready to go? Yep. I was I was going to make an All-Stars joke, but, you know, forget it. Yes. Uh, here, yeah, here's the picture of me in the, uh, the loaded office next to the giant image of myself that they have on the wall just to celebrate me. Uh, this is from last week. All right. Anyway. Shall we dive into it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I vote yeah. Okay. Uh, off mark goes to get our first caller. Thank you to... There's a ton of people subbing right now. Thank you to uh, Wickhelm, Juicy J, Ranner, uh, The High Ground with the Tier 2, Ken, uh, Eric, Rico Suave gifted a sub, ZD Wilson, uh, Sky G gifted a sub, Bilbo Shaggins with the five gifted subs. We'll shout out Ooh. more here in a second. But first, Community is here. Community, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sacramento, California. Sacramento. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, man. Okay. <laughs> It's an inside joke, community, because we have a... Uh, no, a I think it's pretty public. Everybody knows that Sacramento sucks. But, we, we have a buddy of uh, ours that lives in Sacramento. There, and we love to dog on him because he moved out of L.A. Uh, anyway, sorry, community. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take is that, well, this newest edition of Carlos drama with Mickey this time is interesting. I think it should be the larger focus on why it's happening in that we have these buyouts that are causing some of the best players in LCS and LEC in Jensen, uh, Mickey, Niski, and Reckless not playing in Tier 1 leagues, largely due to these just absurd buyouts that are happening. And what does that mean as the health of the LEC and LCS that we have these insane buyouts? I, mean, I, well, I don't know when you're saying insane. It was only 250,000 euro. After being 1.5 million yeah. euro, you mean? The or 500? <laughs> Wait, community, what is your what is your proposed action? And and so I'm not exact. So my um, so like what I'm thinking is that something needs to be renegotiated in terms of like a stronger players association to stop whatever's or maybe not not stop, but like try to help because something has to change. It's not healthy that we don't have for the best players in these leagues not playing. Like, that's just not a healthy action. You're talking about uh, Jensen, Mickey, Niski. Niski. And what, Reckless? And Reckless. Because Reckless yeah. is in K-Corp now, which I'm sure he would um, rather be on a top LEC team. All right, there's there's a really interesting in-depth conversation to have here, community. But first, I'm going to go for drama-mongering. Um, Travis, are you team Mickey or team Ocelot? Uh, Kelby, same question to you. If, if, if do you have a team? Well, I have to choose one of them. Well, yep, so you're... I'm not like it's not like I'm support. I'm not like supporting one or the other. No if caveats. I, if I have to, if I have to say like where I imagine things shook out, I think it's probably closer to Mickey's understanding of the situation. Like I do think it's in. I I believe when Carlos says that like you had offers that we sent to your agent and you declined to like go play for other teams. Cause I bet you it is yeah. true that there were probably like at, especially once it got to 250 K euros, I'm guessing they were like, you know, dig or other teams are like hitting well, them up be, and being like, sure. To be clear too. He said Western teams. He didn't even say LCS slash. Oh, so that could be ERLs. Been, yeah. Yeah. So like, I am sure. So I believe that that stuff probably happened. And so I'm sure like, <laughs> I'm sure Carlos is like throwing his hands in the air being like, you know, we had offers, you didn't take them or whatever. Uh, but I do, it, it does feel as though Carlos has a habit of painting a more rosy picture of the situation than is fair. And Carlos, I think makes a lot of very business oriented decisions, which like, I still don't blame him. I know a lot of people are frustrated about this, but I still don't blame him for last year, not transferring perks to Fnatic. That is not shocking to me. Uh, and I think it makes sense. 
Um, and like that is like the savvy business thing to do. I think the problem is always that then Carlos wants to to play both sides of it, where he's like, "Oh yeah, but like uh, my child calls him Uncle Perks," and like, or you know, with the reckless stuff, he's like, "We're doing everything we can for reckless," and it's like, okay. You could just release all these players and let them go wherever they want with no buyout. Like, I don't think you should do that, but don't tell me you're doing everything you can for all these players, whatever. Like, obviously you have business motivations behind a lot of the decisions that you make here. Yeah, I would I would say if I have to pick a team, obviously with the limited amount of context that we have, I'm Team Carlos, but uh, the, let me provide the reasoning behind it. Uh, I think we are probably too deep into the era of esports and players are getting paid too much money to cry foul at an agreement that they sign and willingly enter into. Uh, I do player contracts with esports organizations in my current role at Loaded. Uh, if you are allowing clauses through that restrict your buyout and trade rights in such a fashion, and then the person who has this history chooses to use those rights in a way that is advantageous and permitted within the agreement that you've signed, you can't complain. You guys are getting paid how much money and you can't have a lawyer and appropriate business professionals review your agreements. Like in the era in like, you know, five years ago when players were getting paid like, you know, less than six figures for their deals or something like that. I can understand, like, uh, we're kind of exploiting talent in an underdeveloped and uneducated market, but th but that's not this that's not the case anymore. Well, especially so, for the top end, I think there's still yeah. Like, I know that there are like uh, academy players that can't get like an agent or something like that, and like maybe sure. they don't have the upfront money because they're 17 or something. But like, uh, especially on the top end, I understand what you mean, Kelby. Yeah, I, it's also just been so long that players have been. So actively, and I can only speak to North America, disengage from participating in the Players Association or organizing themselves in a manner that is seeking out for their own interests, that when these things happen, it's like, okay, hopefully now there will be a market correction in which you guys have recognized these things have happened and you don't allow it to continue again in the future. Like, oh, wait, maybe I'm not okay with the language in my agreement reading this way and allowing you to have this ability to compensate me this much less if I'm benched or if you don't want to trade me to a team or I don't have control over the bio amount and any of that stuff, so. So, Dana in the chat says the re like the good answer too as well that like I'm sure everyone in the situation has a little bit to blame, the agency, Mickey, G2, whatever. But that's not fun. I'm team Mickey, okay? okay. Because... And everything you just Mark said is, is true, Kelby. I know, but that's why I'm here. I'm lo I, I love agreeing with what the community already thinks. Yes, you know, that, that, did, you, did you see the, uh, the the Reddit comment that was like, if Carlos told me water was wet, I'd be suspicious? <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately like where I side with this is like, anytime there's a player versus team dispute, like, the reality is going to land somewhere in the middle. Like the player probably did something. The 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 guy probably did something. That's fine. They're gonna they're gonna battle for public opinion. But the problem for for Carlos is that such bad evidence is against him. You know, it's like you you cried wolf so hard last split, and there's like literally document evidence that is not true. Where you're like, I did every like Carlos. Like it's not just that he's like you know Travis is saying like a cutthroat businessman. Like, and there's even like a way to try and be empathetic while 
I shouldn't say screwing players over, but prioritizing your business. You can be like, I'm really sorry to have to do this, you know, but like I have to look out for my own org first and this kind of stuff. But instead of taking any of those routes, you know, Carlos is just like, Erks is a king. No one can dare say where he goes, myself included. By the way, no one's allowed to sign. Like anyone who who picks him up from us isn't allowed to give him to Fnatic for two years. Yeah. Built in the contract. You know, like, uh, okay, well, that was clearly bullshit. Everything you just said last year. And so, uh, yeah, it makes it really hard to trust anything he says, even if everything Kelby just said is also true. Well, that's um, what I think is like, you guys are both hitting on the same point where, yeah, like I think, okay, back in 2013, 2014, when there was not so much money involved, there were not so many investors, et cetera, et cetera. There were a lot of like, oh, we're all gonna like work out, look out for each other. Pl players stayed on teams for extremely long times. There was not like millions of dollars to be gained or lost in situations. And I think a lot for, for a while, a lot of teams got to just pretend, like especially at the executive level, that that was still the case. I hear from a lot of players being like, "Oh no, like I'm friends with the owner, like he would not screw me over." Uh, and then you'd find out later on that like this person is paid way oh less. My than, <laughs> these <laughs> these players are paid way less than other players of their stature. And I think what is been nice is that at like a number of different things like agents coming out off season and more numbers and evidence coming out the players association is like not helpful as it has been up until i think phil showed up still did a decent job of like starting to disclose data and talk about what the the numbers were around things and uh stuff like that then also got, became public whenever i would do videos like ranking the teams off of their spend and all that stuff and so I think what it has done is like there are a lot of team owners that everybody used to be like, oh, this is good guy Carlos or good guy whoever. And then what you'd actually find like now, now there's an understanding that like, hey, like these people are, I don't fault them necessarily for restricting the movement or doing the thing. Like I fault them sometimes for shitty predatory contracts. And there's definitely people that are like, whatever. But like, I don't fault them at this point, like Kelby says, for making the moves that they are allowed to make in a contract it is the like when you are a top star in this league and you can like be better about this the other thing i i wanted to ask kelby about and maybe mark about too is that there's a lot of people being like don't sign multi-year contracts i think that's a really bad take i one i don't think it's practical i think you lose a lot of options i think there are team like until if all of the players in the lcs and lec wanted to like really come together and be like none of us are going to sign multi-year contracts I would agree that that's a reasonable thing, but like teams don't want to sign players for one year. They just oftentimes will not turn, will just like turn that stuff down. Like nobody's doing one year contracts, right? Just extended how long you can sign people up to four years. Um, and so like there's, I just don't, I think the like don't sign a multi-year contract is a bad take. Uh, what is the reason you wouldn't want to sign a multi-year contract? Because people think that you lose that they look at what happens to Mickey or Reckless and other people and they're like, "Well, I lose all of my agency when I can't go into free agency." And so it's like, "Oh, when you sign like a 3-year contract like in year 2 it doesn't work out. Now you don't have any control over what's going to happen to you next." Yeah, but again, that's not a product of the term length of the agreement. It's a product of you losing agency because of all the other rights that you're giving up like if you look at traditional sports uh people aren't adverse to long guaranteed agreements where players have protections over trade clauses and all of that stuff it's it, i think it's 
just one of the other issues. It, it, I think in most instances, long-term agreements should be beneficial to the player. And it's a marketing and it's a bargaining tool that organizations have to get top talent because they are willing to offer them a deal that is a certain length. They are willing to invest and commit to them. Raz also brings up another point that for foreign players, signing a one-year contract and trying to attain a P1 visa would yeah. be not feasible. Like you need uh, more skin in the game, I guess. Well, now, now, um, uh, Night Fiend or uh, Artemis, um, or not Artemis. Uh, 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 you I'm got an idiot it. right you now. Got it. Uh, what? I'm getting, I'm getting Artemis. Eg's uh, Connor. Nope, nope. That's Artemis's handle. Andrew, Andrew. There's Artemis and Andrew. Uh, Andrew, who's EG's GM, uh, is in the chat saying that it's not that Raz's take is not actual. Uh, okay, it's not. It's not necessarily true. Okay. Well, either way, um, on the back to community's point a little bit. So we we've identified that agents and players can take larger stances or actually put up a fight for the terms that they don't like in their contract, which I totally agree with. But do you think anything about this can can slash should be done on the Riot game side because I can see a world where <laughs> you go, okay, our players they should be taking care of this themselves, but they're not, and it's causing problems for the viewership of our... Like, I don't think any of the fucking broadcasts are happy that some of their star players are not in the scene, you know? Um, do you ever say something where, like, a buyout can't exceed X percent of your yearly contract? You can't set it over 20, 50%, I don't know, throw a number around depending on what you think is right, you know? Some of these buyouts are bigger than the contracts themselves, you know, for some yeah, players. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I mean, I but from what I have seen and uh, heard, uh, it feels to me like Riot is much more in party and working to appease uh, the desires of the organizations as opposed to the players. And I think that a large part of that is probably a product of the fact that the organizations have been much more involved and demanding in that discourse than the players hopefully phil uh in the lcspa actually i know phil in the lcspa a good, a is good pal of kelby's i should say i just yeah just change the change that dynamic um and hopefully the players will become more engaged and demand a seat at the the table and to be heard in, in matters like this but if you're Riot, like you have one group that is vocally advocating to you for what they want all the other time, and the other group isn't really participating. So, I think a lot of the policy, like or rulings that we've seen around rules that have existed in the LCS to this point, have largely been in favor of the organizations. Yeah, I think the other thing is I don't necessarily think Riot needs to step in right now because, like, I wish they had stepped in a couple years ago whenever we first started to get to this world where like buyouts were so crazy and you had teams that were just making a ton of money on players who and transfers and all that stuff where like the t the players were not seeing any of that money like it'd be crazy because somebody would have like a you know $250,000 contract and then a team would go transfer them for like a million or 1.5 and the player would see none of that and it's just like it feels really bad but yeah. for me I'm kind of like like it feels bad that these players are not playing right now I think that that is like evidence that we are seeing a correction. Like I think the correction hit probably shortly after TL spent a bunch of money <laughs> and overpaid. And then everybody was like, ah, fuck it. We're not going to do that. And then everything's uh, plummeted afterwards. You know, I'm sure there are other people that still spent a decent amount, like uh, EG probably spent a decent amount, et cetera. But like, 
I I am not as worried because I do I do think that like we are probably starting to see the end of these crazy crazy buyouts. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I don't think so. I think the other thing is like because this is all going public, players, their agents, et cetera, et cetera, are hopefully going to be more cautious and wary of getting themselves into the same situations that we've seen other players. And the reputation of the orgs that are uh, doing this stuff, I think, is is going to be, like, people are going to be a lot more wary talking to G2 now, you know? Um, whereas in the past, I think that they weren't as cautious about it. And I think there are other teams that have similar reputations that have changed. So, I, I don't know. Like, it sucks right now, but I think it's more of a temporary issue than... A long-term one. Call so it. you're saying oh, Riot is uh, doesn't care about players' rights. Got it. I knew that, I knew there was some joke coming. That's I don't have any value to actually that has gotten say, us through yeah. 200 episodes. Uh, community, to, how do you feel to be about? Clear, oh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, Kelby. I was just going to say to be clear, I think that is an accurate summary. Yeah. Oh. No, I don't. I guys, EG did I'm not pay eight million dollars for Hans. If that is true, then no, like it was nine, wasn't I, it? Nine. I will retire from League Esports because, like, I need to get the fuck out. If EG's paying an eight million dollar buyout, come on. Like, sometimes I'm. It's been cool that there's been a lot more transparency, but the downside of it is that like somebody will just make a comment on Reddit about something, and then like that rumor will just like go throughout the the world, and suddenly. EG paid eight million for a player. Like Peter Peter Dunn in chat says, "Nice knowing you, Travis. Right now, you could make Travis leave esports. Anyone on the EG staff, if you could just show us a receipt, or, yeah. or you know, like make it make it known." Full-time Genshin content creator right now, guys. Like, yeah, we're Kelby's in discussions with Gamefield, and, and we're talking to Alienware. And it's we gotta we gotta really restructure these deals. Let me tell you about how Genshin is great. Uh, okay, anyway. Community, what do you think of the conversation we've had here? Do you agree with um, any of it? You disagree? Yeah, I do. Because it's like Carlos is doing what he's doing for his business, but it just feels bad from a viewer yeah. perspective. Yeah. And like what you said, it is the correction. But the fact that it even got to this part is something I blame Riot for. Because orgs are going to be the orgs and focus on the money. Whereas Riot should focus on the product, and this creates a bad product, I think. So well, it's something that I hope is fixed. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to ask Riot to focus too much on the product when you know we all watch the NALCS broadcast. So, Kelby doesn't even know that it's rebranded to just the LCS. That's how. That's how. Much oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's disconnected. Oh yeah, I the think shield is gone, Kelby. Haven't you seen the diamond? Oh seen the logo yeah we talk about the logo a lot actually it's it's really great kelby's kelby's not a fan of the logo i still think it's better than oh. i i argue it's better than the lec are you a fan of the logo too. travis i don't think the lec or the lcs logo are great um i don't have opinions on anything that was, pre that was pretty well maneuvered travis I think well here's was, what i will say i think it, the lcs logo looks a lot like the tg logo and i think the tg logo does a better job as a logo than the lcs logo does so gotcha. Uh, that is that is my take on the LCS logo. Community, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to our next caller? Um, just shout out for 200 episodes and hope for 200 more. Thank you so much. Let's we'll go. Next time. All right. Mark is off to grab our next caller. Thank you to SkyG, uh, CSIS Caroline, Ari Waddle for 40 months. 
Zachary, uh, Double Sniffed. It's a weird name. Uh, Kez, Energized Reaper, uh, Nemsick for 52 months at tier Damn. two. Says, holy shit, Kelby is here. I'm so fucking hyped. There we go. Nice. Hexblast is here. Hexblast, where are you calling from? San Francisco, California. San Francisco. Are you excited about finals next year? Yes. Hoping to get tickets. Uh, nice. Well, I, I, I imagine you will. It's a pretty big this? arena. What were you saying, you know, Kelby? You know, you're going to hook the loyal caller up? With you got tickets? connections? Yeah, tickets. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know if I have one, Travis. I don't even know if Holy I have Holy moly. Come on. But, but he should, I, I wonder if Golden Guardians will get tickets to give away to fans, given they're hosting it, uh, kind of. Um, well, yeah, you qualify, and then you get those tickets, and then, yeah, the hosting arena. So, Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show, Hex? Uh, I want to talk about how Five Five's retirement shows the downside of franchising. Uh, even if he wins every major amateur tournament, teams are still taking bottom-tier imports instead, and he's stuck not getting paid. Oh, you're, you want to talk about the Five Fire stuff? You want to elaborate yeah. a little bit? Uh, I mean, he's basically won everything that he could possibly win. Um, at this point, it's on whether or not teams are willing to pick him up and let him play. Um, and they're apparently not, and now he's stuck uh, without a team, and he's retiring now, and we're losing a native NA talent because teams won't give them a shot. So, uh, Mark, do you want to exp- you want to fill Kelby on this because I know that he's whoa. Kel- Kelby, are you paying assume... attention to what's happening at the what academy would... and amateur hey, level? Wake up! Why would we assume that I don't know who uh, Firefly is? <laughs> okay, okay, I love that show. All right, Mark, the movie. I can't <laughs> remember which one's which. Let's let's break it down. Uh, so this is an interesting one. I think uh, on the one hand, I see what people are talking about. You know, like. Over the years, there's been some players who have been brought over who don't wow you on paper, in theory, of of the move, and then in practice, don't really work out either. And it makes people feel like nepotism or just that there's a lack of faith in North American players. And then you see someone like Five Fire who won Scouting Grounds MVP, won a ton of tournaments this this year in the um, amateur circuit and beat out a lot of the academy teams as well in Proving Grounds and um, not get an opportunity. So I see where this is coming from. And given that he's retiring and value retired as well, didn't get as much publicity, but um, I believe that that's the case. It just feels hopeless, I think, for a lot of... Well, I I shouldn't put words in in amateur players' mouths, but I got to imagine it doesn't feel good to see that happening. (laughs) And it is scary in a world where you're like, well, what does this mean for the next generation of North American talent that you can have all this success and not get an opportunity? As far as I'm aware, Five Fire has never even been on an academy team, let alone, you know, like, oh, well, he's been down there forever. I you think know, he was like, on an he... academy team, right? Uh, somebody in Twitch chat will correct, but like, I thought he was at when? least on an academy team, but I don't think, yeah. No, no, never, I don't think. Oh, somebody says he, was, he, was he played academy? EG Academy as a, sub. As, a, as a sub, right, but yeah. he was he was never like, signed yeah yeah okay that's um, yeah uh so that, that's what i mean it's like no one was like hey you're gonna be the guy that we think might develop someday um as as the new guy and, and okay give eg credit they they've had good scouting sure um but other than that nothing so i i think that's where a lot of the community is coming from potentially other amateur players i so and he's announcing well, he announced his retirement essentially because he said he couldn't find a team for this year i don't even think yeah to your point that he found like an academy team um, so it feels pretty bad. Uh, somebody in Twitch chat, can you guys do me a favor and look at the top five teams and, uh, tell me how many North American players 
are starting on it next year. Let's assume that TSM is importing two players. Um, because I feel like they probably uh, you want to assume TSM gets top five next year. <laughs> Travis, oh my god. I mean the the top five player teams from fandom and historical performance recently and all that stuff. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy just to think about. Like this is the type of stuff where people come in and they're like, Travis is such an. It's very funny because I get no credit. People all think I suck at uh, promoting academy and amateur and all that stuff. Uh, but then I also am told that I like hate uh, like import players and all this stuff. I just like I think it's important to be able to have players who feel like they have a chance to make it onto a top team in North America because like if you're trying to solve the development problem for the region and there's just no like we talk a lot about path to pro like that's the that used to be a really big buzzword at right I think they maybe still use it a little bit is like what's the path to pro. And if it's like, well, there is no fucking path to pro. Your path to pro is like, do well in a European regional league uh, or something like that, or go win worlds and then somebody will sign you for a bajillion dollars. Like, I think that that is really tough because you're gonna get to a point where like the talent that is in North America doesn't, they feel like maybe they'd be better off being a streamer or like a content creator or just going and getting a traditional job. Um, and I, I, that is one of the things I worry about with Five Fire, where like, if you are, you know, 16, 17, maybe you're new to amateur or you're like trying to go pro and you like hear about this, you're probably like, ah, maybe I should not make this a plan, you know? And I just worry about how, like, on the other hand, obviously you have Danny, you have uh, Jojo Pin, you have other players that are, are making it, but uh, I think it's, pretty tough to see how much success this guy had and then is just retiring because he never had had a chance nobody has any insight or behind the scenes knowledge from any like gms or stuff why he never got a shot i do and okay. i was i was going i was going to say this and i it's it's maybe controversial to say because I, I haven't seen anyone else say it yet and i feel bad for saying it but it's the truth i've been i've been drinking tonight it's coming out um i have heard that he is and, and this is not like something I've heard a ton of, but I've heard that he's quote unquote toxic in that, uh, and I don't have a single reference story to say this to. Like I haven't heard like, oh, he flamed the shit out of his teammate after a loss or anything like that. I, I, I'm not that close to, to the amateur scene, but I have heard from a couple different people that this is one of the reasons. Um, but what I will say about how things were pre-franchising, which gets to the, the, the caller's topic a little bit, was back in the day, if you won, you were in. Like, sorry, skill won, um, you know? And so if you were toxic, th there's plenty of toxic players who have made it in the LCS, you know? There's one that um, made it to most of the teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of players have made it. And so in that sense, the, the toxic tag, even though I'm, I'm the one who just said it, I, I am surprised how much weight it carries against success. Um, and... You know, like back in the day, if you won this many tournaments, you would be in Challenger, knocking on the door, fighting low-tier LCS teams to take their spot. And it didn't fucking matter that yet you were quote-unquote toxic. And so, you know, like I, I've heard this this label, and I, I'm still surprised that it's this much of a of a barrier after the general success. I mean, I think the other thing I want to caveat what Mark is saying with is like somebody told me that he 
was rough to work with or toxic or whatever uh, early on and then had worked on it. And I don't know, maybe this is like the five fire camp saying this or whatever had worked on it, but like he couldn't shake the reputation uh, from, from early on. So I don't know, like it's one of those things that's really tough because I think both Mark and I will hear things, but because it's not, there's not as much discussion and understanding that it's like tougher to really know. Yeah, this this isn't like something. I've worked with a lot of toxic players, like hands on, I can tell you stories, you know, this isn't a situation where I, I have that level of experience. I'm just conveying what I've been told when you ask GMs and people in the scene, like, Hey, why isn't this guy getting shot? Something seems weird. This is what you hear. Um, so I'm relaying that, but I don't really have any firsthand experience to say how much credence that people should really take with it. This is just the explanation that's been offered up. Yeah. How does that, what do you, what do you think of that hex? Does that change your perspective at all? It does a little bit. I know a lot of owners are very much looking for team players and players that can get along well. But as Mark pointed out, tons of players have been toxic and still been okay on teams. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting, to, like if if you're like this guy's really good, or like is rising to the top and consistently performing. I think it'd be interesting if a team had been like, okay, well, let's give him like a coach that we think is going to be great at like helping him become a better teammate or like, oh, we've got this infrastructure where we have like a sports psych that can like help him figure out how to manage stuff. Again, this is presuming that everything that has been said or whatever these rumors and hearsay are, are true. It's like if you have a player that's like that, but they seem to, to always find good results and bubble up to the top, it's like maybe it's worth plugging them in for a split. It doesn't cost a lot of money to sign an academy player, I guess is what I would say. Like the, the risks <laughs> here are probably not that crazy. Yeah, I mean, but you have to think about it from the team perspective as well. Like if, think about how NA has changed over time, right? If you are, you know, spending all of this money to get a perks or a sword art, and, you know, they're coming here for their retirement, they want it to be a comfortable environment, right? So in order to attract and retain those guys, you need to make sure you have accommodations that are befitting of the ad, the retirement home that you've advertised to them, right? Because they're just here for the money. They want to chill out. They want to have a good a good time. They've done their work being a professional player, trying to win, you know, and all of that stuff. So, are you really going to bring in this guy who's going to potentially, you know, have perks? Like try banging on your door and being like, "Dude, what the fuck? This is not what I signed up for. Get this guy out of here." Like, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting that Five Fire would have aspirations. I agree. I don't really like that. <laughs> Yeah, he's competing in the wrong era of North American League of Legends, unfortunately. Uh, X, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, I want to shout out Cloud9 Stratus, uh, ending its first year and really been a good time and excited to sign up for next year. Nice, very good. Well, I'm sure uh, Jack will cut you the check for that. Fucking ad on my show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Hex. We'll catch you next time. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Speaking about an ad on the show, let's t- let's do one that I actually get paid for, uh, which is Alienware. Shout out to Alienware. Check out Alienware.com slash Travis uh, and go to the banner up at the top to see stuff. I saw a lot of people, a lot of folks during the holiday sales and Black Friday sales. I know they've still got stuff going on. Um, uh, they've got days of deals going up with on. Uh, and you can go over there and check it out. But I, I know especially during the holiday break, a lot of people were um, messaging me and like letting me know about the purchases they were making. All that stuff is actually so, so helpful. And a lot of you, like I even got an email today 
maybe I can just read it. I won't say the name of the person, but uh, I thought it was really nice. Who said, hey, Travis, longtime listener and fan. Thank you for all the great work. I'm going to buy an Alienware computer because they are sponsors of you and I want to support the work you are doing. Of course, uh, they also make great machines, but they wouldn't be on my top list if not for you. Anyway, I want to make sure that you get credit. This is true. I know this sounds like it's a, like it's fake, but like this is true. Uh, anyway, I want to make sure that you get the credit for the purchase and also be able to use any available code for discount. I tried any iteration of the word Travis and it wasn't accepting. Are they running a code for you right now? Travis 10 off Q4. And if you ever, like, it changes sometimes because we don't, you know, people find people that are not fans of our show will sometimes find this code and post it on deal sites. Uh, and it looks great for me, but uh, it's not really realistic whenever... <laughs> We have a large audience, okay, but it's not. Anyway, so they change the code up sometimes. So just keep always keep, take a look at the YouTube description because that's where we're going to always post it. It doesn't always stack with like some of the mega deals that they've got going on, but going to Alienware.com slash Travis and purchasing through the banner up at the top, that's a great way to help them understand that like uh, people are doing this. They're going to the site. They're like clicking through and all that stuff. So thank you to everybody who has reached out to try to make sure that I get credit for this stuff. I really do appreciate it. Please always try the code. Again, it doesn't always work on everything just because sometimes, you know, it's like a brand new product or whatever. And so it's it's reasonable. I think that they don't slam this thing on everything. But uh, just always make sure that, that you try the code first. That's really cool. And check the, the description of the video to make sure that you're getting the right one, the updated one. And then again, if you go through Alienware.com slash Travis, it's a great way to support the show. Um, and we're, we're in, I know uh, Kelby was talking about he's talking to game fuel. I just had a meeting with Alienware as well. This is the time of the year where you're talking to everybody about next year. And like, I think it's been great because we're three years into the partnership and like, every, you know, they, I think are very happy with everything in part because of all of you guys doing so much to try to make sure that, uh, they know that you guys like their products and support me because of it. So thank you to Alienware. Thank you to all of you. And, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to next year. Um, anyway, thanks for the sponsorship moment. Let's move on to the next caller. Mark's grabbing them. Energized Reaper, uh, Nemsek, Poro on Mars, Red Rain, Final Fantasy fourteen. Good to see you. Nucle gave a sub, Raging Pianist for 30 months. Always great to have you in the chat. And then Real Foxy One gifted a sub to Kelby. So I'm sure Real he'll Foxy One, that. hell yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, to our next call, which is from Dex Factor. Dex Factor, where are you calling from? Hutchinson, Kansas. Hutchinson, Kansas. What do you want to talk about on the show? That uh, even though C9 has lost the offseason yet again, they have the highest ceiling of any team in the LCS ever, and it's not even close. I assume, you, I assume you're memeing about the losing the offseason. Oh, for sure. Okay. Because okay. We, we, we lose the offseason every year. So uh, I'm going to actually do a poll right now. Um and and ask the Twitch chat because I like I love I the LS stuff is just so great to me I am so happy about it because it just like yeah I I saw a video uh, on the C9 subreddit of like Doublelift talking about what he thought of C9 or LS joining and he was just like it's entertaining like it doesn't matter in some sense for people like myself and Peter what ends up happening obviously I wish LS the best of luck he's always been. Uh, great about coming on the show and like working with us and just been really nice. Um, but it's like at the very, like he's such a great personality because he's got such strong opinions and will take such strong stances and it's cultivated like, you know, the church of Chovy and all the, 
uh, people are sinners and there's all this great stuff. Uh, and so it, I think it just brings like a level of spice to the LCS next year that I, I hope the broadcast can capitalize on. Um, but I think that a lot of people, the community and everybody will really care about. So, uh, what, what you want to expand a little bit on uh, Dex factor and why you think like they've got the highest cap now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just starting top to bottom, you have uh, Summit in top lane, probably one of the top top laners in the world. You have Blabber, who can just beast out. Um, Fudge, a great solid player that has a huge upside, and I think he's really good to develop well in the mid lane. You have um, Berserker, who looked great in Korean Academy. Um, or whatever it's called. It's just easier for me to think of as Creed Academy. Um, and then even though the support is still kind of up in the air, it's still a really solid team. And then with LS coming in, working with Max, working with Vigar and Fudge, um, all being a part of the same kind of mental thinking process. And then Blabber, I mean, with him still being on the team, would be very much on board with going on with the thought processes. And whenever you have a team working together and and being able to think on the same wavelength and not have to like, okay, we have to do this, but this, and then they kind of not really argue, but they two players have two totally different thoughts of what they should do in game, where in game, if they have the same thought that this is what we need to do, the team fights are gonna be better. The macro is gonna be better. The builds are gonna be better. And over time, as it just gels and refines, that by the end, it's probably going to... I'm not going to say C9 is going to win Worlds. I'd love that. But I really think that it's probably going to be, be, be the best that North America has ever had at Worlds, best performance. Does it have the chance to completely blow up? Yes. But I really do think that it's going to be super, super solid. So... Uh... Uh my poll was for the Twitch chat, does C9 have the highest ceiling next year? And I allowed channel points because I feel like that's a, another level of enthusiasm. Only 1% said undecided. There were seven votes that waited to undecided. We had 59% said no, 40% said yes. So like, that's what I'm talking about. I don't even care if it was no or yes that came out ahead. It's just like, how many well, teams can you talk about where like people are like ah oh, you know like everybody has a fucking opinion on it you know well and to be fair you know like you're saying do they have the highest ceiling yeah sixty percent basically said no but you're saying that's the field you know so forty percent said yes to C nine doesn't that make them probably still the favorite from a plurality perspective like if you let everyone vote on every single team TL C nine EG like, is anyone else going to get 40% of well, the vote? Well, here's, here's what I'll tell you. I ran a poll. It's got 30K votes on my YouTube channel right now on the community tab um, because you can run polls over there. And I said, who who will win LCS lock-in next year, which I guess is a different question. It's a different question. 64% said TL, 18% said C9. So, um, so I know it's a different question, but, like, it's not as – I don't think it's maybe as, as uh, decided, you know. So the other thing I'll say is uh, I, I linked the um, AMA in, in Skype 
if Kelby wanted to pull it up and just look at the answers. I mean, it was just it was just great hearing seeing LS not really hold back. You know, someone was like, "Hey, dude, what's like some goals for the players this year?" And he's like, "Semis at world at least. Fudge being the best Western mid. Blabber being the best Western juggler. I think uh, not winning spring or summer would be a failure. Even if we get second, it's not good enough." And I was yeah. like, "What about Lockin?" And he replies like. The only reason I'm not predicting Lockin is because there's a chance I only get a week with Fudge. You know, like there's just there's an Invin article that quotes him as saying, similar to what he just said, a lot of people want to see me fail. If we don't win spring, if we don't win summer, if we don't do well at Worlds, it's a failure. My idea with the roster as it is right now is to deal damage to LP on all CK teams. I do not necessarily have the faith that LS has, you know, like I I'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> that he proves me wrong. It'd be sick if like he come in and they're just crushing it, you know, but like just a sheer level of fucking confidence. Like, who else yeah. will say that shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who says that? And it's fucking yeah. LS. He says it. And it's just like, it's great because now everybody is either going to be like, like they, if they win spring, everybody's going to be on board that shit. If they don't, they're going to be like, you know, everybody's going to be like memeing it. It's so good. It's so yeah. fucking good. LS is providing what Peter used to provide yes. to the LCS. Yes, uh, which is which is great. Uh, now, hope well, I, Peter had some moments of brilliance to keep people engaged and uh, believing that all the the trash talk was true. And then once he actually started winning everything, he became more reserved and less outspoken in that regard. But yeah, I mean, he has this caller believing. So and. I mean, like, uh, I, I, I'm not quite there on the belief scale yet, uh, but it's great. It, it, the entertaining, the entertainment of the product matters a lot, a lot, a lot. So. Well, to get to get and, back to the meat of the call, or so go ahead, Mark. Oh, so I was gonna say, like, these are the goals he's setting for himself. These are the goals that, like, as a community figure, I'm going to be measuring him by. But I also hope that, like, there's a little bit more. Uh, nuance within the internal reviews of c9 <laughs> you know like everyone's going to be quote retweeting this when they if they don't win spring and summer you know but like i hope um people also understand that like you can still be a good coach even if like this isn't literally what happens even though this is what he, he's saying so you know like i do hope people still understand a little bit of wiggle room but like i'm fucking glad he's not giving it to himself publicly really i think uh back to your point which is like they'll succeed because they're all on the same page I will say that it is a lot easier to be all on the same page when you're not in the environment and you are like, you know, so what the first time that LS drafts somebody, a, a maybe the argument is LS will never draft a player, a, a, a character or champion that they don't want to play because they will just be like, whatever LS drafts me is what I want to play. Maybe that's what will happen. But like, there's always major disagreements between coaches and players and between players and players and everybody yes. on a team, all this stuff. And so like, <laughs> I don't think it is a good idea to go into this expecting like, well, they're all friends. They all like do stuff. They're all part of the church. It's all going to work out because like, I, I don't, it's uh, like everybody has like as, part of the thing is all these folks have strong opinions about stuff. Like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily tell me that all those opinions are always going to align. Uh, Peter Dunn in Twitch chat, EG coach, as well as coaching fuckloads of teams in Brazil and in Europe as well, says, no team has ever been all on the same page <laughs> in the history of Pro League. I would agree. I've never been, like, on this mythical, everyone sees the game the same way team. Um, and while, like, yeah, they'll have some guiding philosophies, and I'm sure they'll be, like, quote-unquote on the same page. Like, it's it's never fully harmonious. And I think 
if you read more of the the AMA, you know, uh, LS is someone who people think has like totally black and white views. He's talking about how like someone was joking, like, are you ever going to pick Renekton because he's a center champ? Or like, are you going to pick Aatrox? I, I forget what the question was. And he's like, yeah, of course I'm going to at some point because like it's less of a center champ than the thing I'm picking against. And like, if my players want it, you know, like I have to pick for my players a little bit. It's not fully like me just like, even though he has final say, he's not going to like dictate literally everything they draft. So, um, well, I was going to say that too, is like, it's how much of it is, is the character he plays for co-streaming versus how much of it is, uh, not that I think, honestly, I think Ellis is very authentic. I don't think he's going out, he's going and being like, you know, champion. I think he has very strong opinions, but it is true that like, it it I'm sure things will go differently whenever um you know he's put in the situation where he's gotta like manage stuff versus whatever he's just got a bunch of Twitch chat people and he's like, This champion fucking sucks. Uh but yeah, I to to Mark's point to, to Peter Dunn's point about people not always being on the same page. It's never happened before. I don't necessarily think it will happen here. But if it was ever going to happen, I feel like it would be this team because, like, I have never seen a single team go so hard in the paint on, like, a, a specific, like, personality and group of people and, like, philosophy and all this stuff. Like, Jack very clearly is a member of the church and was like, I'm, I'm going to, I've been converted and then was like, let's bring the whole congregation in um for for next year and i think it's it's an interesting experiment because like i don't i don't know if anybody's ever done anything like this before you've had like groups of friends that have risen up and joined something but like this is a this is on a different level right and and that's what i was meaning is just that you have so many people that have been a part of as ls says the church uh that it it is where you don't have to get as many people to buy in there's already partial buy-in on that. So it, it does help the flow. And I'm not expecting everything is going to be roses and flowers and, and that that everyone is going to get along and all that stuff. There's going to be a conflict. It, it just happens whenever people get together and are very competitive. But it just I really do think that the focus is going to be better and it's just going to smooth out to where they think as a unit. By the way, this is a show... I have not cared too much. I've dived in on some of the episodes, but I have not watched like a, a team show every single week for a very long time. If C9 oh, yeah. puts out a weekly fucking show when, that actually shows what's going on behind the scenes and isn't just like a series of interviews like with gameplay footage, I will watch the shit out of this. You know what I mean? Like I like I am I am pumped. I think it's gonna be good. So uh, please do that, chat or t- Cloud Nine. I mean, uh, okay, Dex Factor. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before me. we go on to the next caller? Um, just congratulations on 200 and uh, looking forward to more. I'm, just, I'm glad I was able to be a part of it. It's been a while, so. Yeah, thank you so much for the call. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, off Mark goes to the next caller. Uh, Shibby Shu, thank you for the prime. Uh, Lil Bonaparte, thanks for the five gifted subs. And then another gifted sub. Uh, and then another five gifted subs. That's very nice of you. Dark Alley, uh, Ollie One, Big Angry Hobo uh, for 42 months, uh, Spanky, and Riot Wafflefoot. Uh, oh, a little bit more time. Jammin, uh, Oh My God, Joseph Joestar, Tom Shu, D9 gave out a sub, and Parnell. Thanks for the prime. Uh, and we're all caught up on the subs. So, um, wrong person. What's that? Oh, Mark's pulling the wrong people. Okay, Trethan is here. Trethan, uh, you've been on the show before, right? 
Yep. How's it going? Good. Good to have you back. Uh, remind me where you're calling from. Uh, I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City. That's right. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is TSM will not even be close to a contender this season and will finish near bottom of the standings. We don't know their roster. You don't think that I, means you can't make predictions? Yeah. Well, also, like, I think even with the roster, depending on what it is, I still think they're going to be a pretty bad team this season. Okay. So to explain to me, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, you can't make that prediction because we all kind of know. We know what players are not on the table for them, right? Because we know who's signed with other people and don't. You also know three of the five, right? Yes. Hooney, Spica, and Tactical. Right. So it's not completely mm-hmm. difficult. I just like I do think it's a little early, but explain to me your philosophy on this stuff, Trethan. So the player thing is definitely a valid point, but I really think from an organizational and management standpoint, TSM has been showing year after year that they really haven't had that good type of energy for their players. So I have like almost zero faith that they're going to do well because they haven't made huge structural changes into their management and how they run the organization. So because they haven't done that, I don't think they're going to do well. Well, they've changed the coaching staff for next year, right? Yeah, but Parth and Reggie still seem to be running a lot of the stuff. So for you, it's like a lack of faith in the executive leadership. Yeah, exactly. LB, as an executive leader... (laughs) That's that's where we're going with this? He's he's a fucking... He runs a sales org. Uh... I no, I mean, he, but but during his time at CLG, he was an executive yeah, 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 leader. Okay, he was right. a GM, correct? Uh, yeah. So, as a GM, as an executive leader, how much could you poison CLG with your? <laughs> oh, I mean, I think I I did poison CLG's results. As soon as I left, they were like, "Oh, here we go, championship, championship." So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, as as a serious question, how much do you think? Um, oh shit, move my whole desk around. Uh, how much do you think executive leadership can influence a season? I mean, it can I, a ton. But isn't Reggie like? I don't. I don't know. I hear. I hear different things. Like Reggie is like completely off of league, just focused on blitz. And then I hear that like, but then when things go wrong, he comes in and gets really heavily involved, and and stuff gets messed up. I just think that if you look at recent historical results, aside from when Peter came back and bailed out the team for their miracle run in the lower bracket, like it's been a while since TSM had a really good team, right? I mean, they got first last year in summer. That's and that's what he's talking about, year. though. That was that was the double lift leaving yeah. TL going yeah. to TSM. I, I mean, agree. Yeah. It's just it's tough for me because it's like how many teams it, can but... say that they've won a first play like one LCS summer or been like a first seed to Worlds in the past couple of years or like like I don't want to just discount they that like year where they, they actually did this year. Yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, they're uh, was, they've definitely lost their prestige that they used to have as a team oh, that like always sure. went to Worlds and always. They've, they've fallen a long ways. Are they ready to be in the bottom half of the league though? That might be a bit premature. Isn't isn't the the bottom half is like pretty? There, there it seems like there's a big gulf. I think you have to believe that one of these bottom teams will pop off. That like Immortals, for instance, which looks like a decent roster, but nothing like. Mega will have like a good run and like maybe TSM will will not be able to do that or something like I, I definitely don't think it's crazy to suggest that 
You just have to kind of believe that one of the bottom five are going to like pop off a little bit, which often happens, by the way. So, sure. But I mean, for TSM, if you're not if you're not making worlds, it's a really really big failure. Do you think that's still the case? Because like my as an organization, I mean, as an organization, but I don't think that like. Okay, I know. First off, it doesn't help that Parth and Andy have said a lot of stuff in different places. I know Andy was doing his AMA and all that stuff, so it's kind of hard to track what their goals are for next year. Um, but like, I don't feel like that what they have communicated is we are trying to go to Worlds next year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's what I think. There's a lot of TSM fans that believe that that is their plan, but like, I don't. What are they doing? They're like trying to build. They're not a development team. Okay. I know that, but I don't think that so they necessarily are like competing for the top of the top. That is so my not, read on the situation. So they're not investing in the long term, and they're not investing in the short term. Danon says they're trying to do a competitive rebuild, which just means top six. That is his take on it. Which is like the worst place that you can be, in my well, opinion. Especially, I think for you'd rather be like them that. than CLG. Uh, Kelby, I will say. Not if you're actually building towards something. Like if you're Golden Guardians and you're building that roster that gets bought by 100 Thieves, but you actually can retain it because you have the money to retain it. I mean, it's CLG, I mean, like last year for sure, don't get me wrong, Travis, but this year, if if this TSM is just top six, you know, like we're saying, the caller saying they, they might not be top five and Dan is saying it's top six is a competitive rebuild, CLG could be seventh or sixth themselves and like in that ballpark. With a bunch of academy players. Well, I was talking about CLG less here, or whatever. Like, I think, I think there are worse places to be than top six. Was my only point to what Kelvy was saying. And well, yeah, like you can you can literally be be tenth and paying a bunch of veterans, sure. But like a top six, I think to Kelvy's point, like a top six finish with Huni, Spika, and Tactical is a bit of a tragedy. Yeah, especially if you're not like building towards something, investing towards something that you think will be worthwhile in the long run. Okay, apparently Case in his AMA said it's a top four team. They want to run a top four team, which does not mean What's worlds the necessarily. The poll, the I asked, a, I did a poll right now. Are TSM aiming for worlds next year in the Twitch chat? Uh, right now, it's about twenty five percent that say yes. Oh, I didn't even see these polls, dude. Fifty percent said no. Well, it's I'm st it's just finished. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was talking more to myself. About oh yeah, yeah. Forty seven percent say no. Didn't, like throw it on screen. Twenty eight percent say I don't know, and then. 25% say yes. So like it feels like a lot of people agree that they're not trying to be at worlds next year. I guess the question is then does that, that put them out of uh, like the top half? And I don't think it's that crazy to think about. The problem is there's so many factors for next year where like EG could not be top five. Like maybe Jojo Pyun does not work out and Danny kind of has a like, you know, sophomore slump. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, or you have, but, I don't know, maybe, but, I, know, I know everybody's on the C9 hype train, but like maybe they take longer to get together or, and make things work or whatever. Like, I think there's a lot more variance in next year than, and so I think that that benefits TSM because it does make it, I don't know. I, I have more faith. So you go first and then, and then I'll go. I no. was just going to say, but EG not doing well is very different than TSM not doing well. As an organization, as an esports organization, it is much more important in my mind for TSM, especially looking at their other investments, to find success or have 
a strong narrative going in League of Legends than it is for EG. I who's... agree completely, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that that's their plan. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't... that's a fucking huge problem. What is TSM outside of League of Legends as an organization? Look at where they were at in the global esports team market just three years ago and where they are today. I mean, you're going to have a bunch of people that come out and cite things like they're the number one value team and a bunch of like stuff like that. I forget where the team valuations were, but I think that they were like top or phase was up there with them or something like that. Like I you're, think there's that... a lot of people who will dispute what you're saying, Kelby. I'm not necessarily saying I, I disagree with you. I do think that they are like struck, like it is not what they once were, but mm -hmm. it's not like they have fallen off completely. Uh, that makes it more embarrassing though, right? What, you follow yes. Rainbow Six, Siege, yes. Kelby. Are they doing well in, in Siege? They failed to qualify for the World Championships. They're playing the last chance qualifier coming up. They've, they've fallen off a, a big ways. Their Apex team is... is Yeah, it's, uh, it's... And also, Travis, I would say those people who make those remarks are not involved in the business ecosystem of esports. The amount of momentum that TSM has in the market in contrast to FaZe, in contrast to 100 Thieves, considering their position in it just three years ago, is really, really bad for them as an organization. If you are not continuing to invest and find success in your franchise title, and you don't have a very strong narrative for your audience, that's really, really problematic. For that so organization. Twitch chat says in all capital letters, FTX literally just gave them 210 million for a 10 year deal. Kelby. Yes. On the business front. Yes. Like, and how happy it? do you think FTX would be on the return in that investment? If TSM continues on this track, do you think, have they read this? I'm, I'm not going to get into all the, the business aspects of it, but guys, there there's, there's a lot that you need to consider here with that. I think so. Here's what I will say. I can speak to at least the league side of it, which is I worry that this is a I worry for TSM and for TSM fans because I think it is. I agree that they need to put up results because they have lost Bjergsen. Like it's fun. I know we've, we've talked about them for a while. I'm kind of surprised that we haven't brought him up until now. But like there are probably a lot of TSM fans who are trying to Dip decide if they want to continue to be TSM fans, if they want to continue to watch the LCS, like that's my bigger concern is like how many of those people will just be like, I'm done with LCS because it's TSM or whatever. And like, if you show them, like I know Spica has like a following among the hardcore. He's, he's, he's not, he deserves way, way, way more followers than he has on Twitter. But that's kind of my point is like, he's sitting at 55 yeah. K. Like this is not, like, like the hardcore fans love him and they love to see him ratio people or whatever, but like, he's not like the fan favorite that a lot of TSM players have been in the past, even though I think he should be. And, and so I worry, I, I'm like, in my mind, TSM should have balled out again because they have to sort of prove that like, it's okay that Bjergsen's gone guys. Like we can beat Bjergsen. We can, we can give you players and big stars to care about. And I worry and I know, I know there's a lot of fucking hardcore TSM fans. And you're going to rush to the YouTube comments right now and be like, I don't know, Travis doesn't know what he's talking about. I love TSM. Blah. There was a Reddit thread. I love the TSM subreddit, by the way. It's actually one of the better team subreddits. But there was a Reddit thread where 
I said I thought C9 had surpassed TSM for next year for fan engagement when they signed LS because of all the reasons we were talking about previously. Some Somebody went and did like a giant analysis of all the ways TSM has more Twitter engagement and more followings and more social media. Like I get a lot of people are huge fans of this. If you are a fan, I think you should be worried that like, and, and feel as though they need to build up results because I'm not talking about like their historic social media. There's no doubt that they've been the most popular team in North America forever, but like how many people are going to be talking about TSM next year if like they have a team with players that people don't know as well, they are fifth or sixth, and like LS is sitting there like smiting the unbelievers from his uh, church uh, chair and, and, you know, or or the opposite. You know, everybody talks about TSM whenever they're sucking. And like if if, uh, L, if L, C9 is sucking, like people will probably still pay talk more about C9 next year than TSM. So that that is that is where I'm at. And I agree that like, if they don't have good results, that is actually very bad for the LCS team. This is a team. This is a fucking team who built their fandom, who built their fandom off of getting results. People became, I know there was like other, you know, they did content. They were first to do the team house. I was fucking there everybody for a decade and oh. saw what happened with this team. I am. I understand the historical context probably better than half the people commenting on this video right now, but like, the the reason people became TSM fans in a lot of cases was because they fucking won. They won and 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 they won. And when they didn't win, they were getting second to C9. And like, I don't know if that's going to be what they can do. And like Bjergsen, I think, continued to carry a lot of that fandom. And so that is why, like, I'm not trying to shit on TSM here, but I am saying it's important that like if they want to continue to maintain their dominance in the league, that they actually maintain dominance in the league and getting fifth or sixth and like putting out some videos about players that like God, we know how much churn there is in this league right now. Like that is probably not going to be enough to maintain their fandom. Um, unrelated to a lot of what we were just talking about, back to performance um, and, and truth and talking about how bad they're going to be. I don't know how bad they're going to be when I still know two of their players, but I think Hayes saying they're targeting top four is just a weird goal for me, barring having actual developmental um, players still available. I know technically, you know, like... Um, Spica and Tactical are still early in their careers and, and probably have not peaked necessarily yet. Uh, but it's it's not quite like CLG or EG or even C9 where they're like literally bringing in players uh, uh, that we've seen so far as like rookies getting their first shots, like with Berserker really or um, Jojo Pune and stuff. Um, so it feels weird to set the goal as top four and not top three because top three means worlds and top four means you're at home next year and you had last year's MVP. You have Huni, who's a huge veteran. You have tactical who has attended worlds multiple times already, um, you know, in his first two years. So it, it feels weird to not, Oh, he said top three. Someone said top four. I don't know. Twitch chat. I haven't seen the AMA. Someone tell me, was it top three or top four? Cause that's a very different goal. If you're saying we want to make worlds, that's great. Cause you have a bunch of players who in theory should be at worlds so far. Okay. Top three. They already just putting random numbers in. Fuck you, Twitch chat. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, with the players they have right now, anything but Worlds feels bad. And so unless they get a bunch of developmental players, suddenly, I don't know why you wouldn't want Worlds with the three players they have currently. And if he said that, then great. If he didn't, then I don't know what their goal is. If anybody can find like a link or something, 
It'd be nice. It would be so much more helpful if someone ever linked me instead of I just had. I mean, we, to be fair, we time out people who have links, but like it times you out for one second and then. Uh... And I can see the links if they're invisible. Yeah, too. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, caller, I know we've uh, we've gone on some impassioned conversation, so I appreciate oh. your take. No, that was a legendary monologue you just had earlier, Travis. So that was fine. Well, okay, so here let's let's just ask the the, the table. Mark, does TSM end up in the bottom half next year? No. Kelby? No. I don't think they will either. So I don't think we take we agree with your take, Trethan, but I think we all agree That's that fine. it's very important that they don't do that because it's going to be uh, bad for the le for the team and possibly for the league, quite frankly, if they do. Yeah, anything, makes sense. Anything you want to shout out before we go uh, on to the next caller? Yeah, it's your 200th episode, so just thank you for uh, keeping me sane during the pandemic. I've been listening to you guys for almost two years, and you guys were a constant during a time of a lot of non-constant, uncertain garbage. So I really appreciate you guys doing this basically every week. So thank you so much. Uh, okay, sorry, really quick. Uh, I just heard everything you just said, Trethan, but the, somebody supplied a screenshot of Case yeah, from just the clicked on the screenshot. It's not going to be a fifth or fourth place roster. We are going to try and win alongside development. I wouldn't have stayed if a full development roster. So first off, apologies for Case for us blindly believing a Put Twitch chat had anything right. Top yeah. four, and it spun us in a completely wrong direction. That is our bad. Shame on the Twitch chat person who said top four. Um, secondly, I feel like whenever I, I, the only thing I'm kind of skeptical of is saying like, you're going to be, you're going to go to worlds with a development roster. Like, I feel like those things are, yeah, but he's not saying full development roster, like EG, right? Like in theory, EG could go to worlds, but they're also not like, oh, if we don't make worlds, we're fucked and this year was a waste. You know, I, I think that's kind of the, the, the situation TSM, or at least he's saying too. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much, Trethan, for the call, and we'll catch you no next problem. time. Yep, have a good one. Uh, okay, thank you to uh, Parnell, Pernasty, and then Liberi for the subs. Hysterics, thanks for the, the raid, man. Uh, Iscaf is here. Is that how you say it? Iscaf. Iscaf. Iscaf, where are you calling from? Uh, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? My take is that CLG will come in top four in the spring split. Oh, okay. Now we have, so we got TSM heading to the bottom half. We got uh, CLG making top four in spring. Okay. Well, why are they going to uh, be top four in spring? So I think between EG, C9, TSM, and TL, it's not unlikely that two of those teams will kind of crash and burn. Each kind of have their own wild card factor, and I think some will probably work out. But I think it's not unlikely that two won't work out. And then of kind of the bottom tier, I think between um, Jenkins, I think he really showed how good he was last year. And then Luger, I think, will probably be a top three ADC. So I think they have a pretty decent shot of getting fourth place in spring. I, I basically pulled this call for Kelby um, <laughs> Thank because you. he's a CLG alumni. Alum, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I assume Kelby does not know any of the names of the players that are on CLG or would recognize. Can you, any name, of them. Can you name one player on CLG? No, looking at Twitch chat. 
I'm not. I never have Twitch chat up for this show. That's actually the key to the success. You can't let chat influence you. Um, well, he just said Jenkins. I know Fenron Jenkins very well. I had no <laughs> idea he had transitioned different, different League Twitch of Legends. Um, no, I remember seeing the announcement of their roster and being like, ah, I don't know any of these people. So I assume they're not going to do very well. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they are, they are a lot of like uh, hipster players uh, is the way I would describe it. Like they're, they're like, if you're, if you are, you're like, oh, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking Alfari fan, okay? I'm a Jenkins fan. There's a lot of those, like, all these players are kind of like, they've got a, a decent rep. Uh, you know, con you would recognize Contracts, because obviously Contracts was on yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Golden yeah, Guardians yeah. and stuff, but, like, he's, like, somebody who's had, like, kind of a dedicated fan base and hoping that, like, like he dropped down and then people were, like, a believer in him. So, like, the people that pay attention to, like, the Academy and Amateur stuff, I think, believe a lot in the players that are, are here. And, like, Jenkins obviously subbed in for Alfari for a little bit. And so he, a lot of people felt like he performed pretty well. Um, and so I think, I think they are like a lot of, there are no like duds, I think on that. There's nobody, nobody's looking at that and thinking like, well, this guy actually kind of shit the bed for like two years or something like that mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Sounds like a good value bin. Are you muted, Mark? I don't uh, know if it, oh, no, I, I went and then it didn't pick, get picked up. I don't think. No, it didn't. Um, I mean, Travis is underselling the scene to Kelby a little bit. There's a lot of promising talent on this roster, all right? See, like Contracts. I said, hipster players. Mark, Mark Zimmerman, the, the hipster, I think. I am a fucking hipster. What are you going to do about it, all right? <laughs> See? Although, I will, I will say, Mark, Mark did almost get canceled one time for making fun of these players. That's, uh, that's well, the so, so I was going to say, I really hope Poom and, and Luger pop off so I can call them the Poo Gang and they just shit on kids. <laughs> I would love to bring that back in a positive light. Yeah, so I actually hope they pop off. I'm a Mark, huge Mark, Luger Mark's fan. Mark's got flamed for calling, because people used to say Poom Gang, and then Mark called him Poo Gang, and then it was kind of a... Uh, he got some criticism for punching down was, in that moment, I think. I, it was just like, he had a bad series, his scoreline was bad, and like, Poom is so close to Poo, I just like, that's as far as my brain thinks. And, and, then, and what up, I think like, was what didn't have, Mark offensive. wanted to make the joke, and he didn't understand that it would then get picked up, and so then he... He he became the bully in the situation because a lot of the community was using that or whatever. It was like yeah. yeah, I mean he was catching shit before I opened my mouth, but a lot of people were like a, a figure of authority agrees with us, and I was yeah, like yeah, I yeah. was just making a joke, but okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I don't dislike Boom. I don't I, I don't care. Um, I apologize to him, but I do hope that they pop off so I can just call them Poo Gang. And Contracts was basically winning the starting spot from Sven in playoffs, so he he was good. Um, I think Jenkins was rather impressive for subbing in for Alfari. Um, he has a ceiling that, you know, I don't think we've seen the, the top of it yet. And Palafox is, is maybe the one I'm least excited for, but even then he was he was decent. And I think the, the big question with this team is, do they have a superstar carry to really elevate them and play around to break through out of a middling team, middle bottom? and actually into the, the top half of the league. And I think Luger has that potential to be that superstar carry. Um, it's a question of, uh, it's a twofold question. One, does he have the actual talent to, to be the guy? And then does he have enough talent? If, even if that's true, does he have enough talent around him to help support him? And um, I, I think it's, I, I would bet on it. I, I think they'll be decent. I don't know if yeah. they'll fully break through, but I, I'm excited for this roster. So my, my as concern, a CLG fan, this is exciting because it's also developmental. So it's not like do or die must must pop off right now. Yeah, I think people are just excited that they are not doing what they did last year where 
like they caught a lot of flack for basically signing a lot of veterans that people did not feel yeah. like had had great performances recently and then like not doing great so i feel like people would rather see them make take chances on like up and coming players um or players like contracts who are like kind of having a, a renaissance or whatever um so i i, I what do, do you think they're gonna get top four mark uh, no i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> bet on it but i yeah. i don't to, to the caller's point about some teams under i think the caller said this underperforming you know like they could sneak in if what do you think moves. are the odds they get top four mark 10 percent okay so i think you're my quite, you're quite far i think my concern for them is they kind of remind me of FlyQuest roster from last year or this uh, yeah. year i guess where like a lot there were a lot of people that were like oh yeah finally we're gonna see these players who've all had like some pretty good but like short experience uh, appearances or like we've wanted to see these players and then you kind of brought them all together and like they just weren't able to make it happen you know it's like do i think jenkins will look as good on a team that is not like core jj and jensen core jj yeah exactly like uh you know yes like jenkins did look good this year but would you surround him with an amazing fucking roster it's probably likely that he's gonna look good um versus like whenever you're putting him with some other players that are probably not on the level of of who tl was running so Elby, what were you gonna say I was going to say, this sounds like a good organization to potentially also invest into Firefly as well. <laughs> well, dude, they should pick up Firefly in case. This is why Kelby hasn't been on the show for a little bit. But, but, little... but honestly, what I was what I was going to say is like, I feel like, and I mean, I'm very open to being wrong on this, but I feel like in LCS, in managing a team, you should either be like going going for top three or development status. Like I feel, I feel like it's, it's either like a, a boomer bust situation. Like I really, really dislike what you were talking about, Mark, with the idea of veterans where you kind of like, they've been in the league a while, you know, their skill ceiling and realistically, unless if you're counting on a top team to blow up, like I, I, I really don't like in investments into rosters like that. Uh, I, I don't think it's the right approach. I think sh more people should be trying to replicate what the Golden Guardians did with their roster that they just couldn't hold on to and 100 Thieves took and then ended up winning summer, you know, this year. And I think CLG, to, to that point, can be that team. I, I don't think they need to... I don't think they need to win this split in that sense. Um, yeah. Or get top four even. Like, yeah. 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 I think, like... If you're building this, something, it's fine. If you told me that CLG does what Golden Guardians did in 2019, where it's like wow like they actually overperformed especially by summer like people's expectations and like wow they were really close to knocking a top team out of world's contention like what golden guardians did with tsm and like they had that run and then they either in 2023 like pick up two more players and like upgrade that, their weakest positions yeah yeah exactly like oh and yeah. now they're like up near the top i think that's that could totally happen uh with this lineup i just that's why caller uh, ice ice calf uh that is why i am like not a believer in they're gonna be be top four i just think that they could be like they could be a threat they can be like a contender LB. or something you know mm -hmm. did you call in any time after the roster from last year was announced the finn broxa pobelter lineup no uh Bummer. I was gonna ask if if what your opinion of was that, but I guess you're you're not on record anywhere talking about it. 
No. I mean, the CLG has kind of been doing that roster for a, like that a version of that roster for a long time though, it feels like. Yeah. I think that's fair. Like not not signing super superstars, but not signing nobody's other than yeah. like ruin kind of. Yeah, you're spending a lot of money to get like I mean, Crown was like kind Middle of like of he was a world champion nothing. and they had him, but like obviously that did not work out. But Crown yeah, but never it, did a lot in NA, I feel like. He was no. never like huge. Yeah, I mean, he, he you saw a year of him on Optic first before, yeah. you know, like he didn't set the world on fire there. Yeah. Why, really? yeah. why spend all this money to not make worlds? Yeah. That's why like people get frustrated that like the bottom bottom teams are not spending. And I'm like... I don't ever get frustrated. Like I don't. Obviously, it's like a bummer whenever you don't have these teams feeling particularly competitive, or you're like, "Cool, I will now watch this team get stomped into the ground by like the top team for the second time this split." But I just think it's really weird when people expect like people to go yeah. out and like spend a bajillion dollars for players that are not necessarily as good as the ones that TL. And other top teams are going to be running. Um, and to, to that point, even as a broadcaster, not even just a fan, but like I can't talk about a team of veterans getting fifth in any positive light, yeah. you know, or sixth. It's like I don't have anything to say about that roster other than like, well, that's probably not what they wanted versus like a team that is a bunch of development players I getting often... sixth. I can be like, hey, look at this. They're doing okay. This guy just beat Jensen and Lane. And like, yeah, they're not winning the split, but like, fuck, that's cool for a rookie or, you know, a second year player. Kind of stuff. I, uh, I often quote uh, a prolific figure as saying, you're either first or you're last. And Kelby May. Yes, Kelby May just says that all the time. Anyway, uh, and so I. I think that like that the spending profile like if I if I was a GM of a team or like the finance person or something I'd be like, hey, do we think we can go to Worlds with this roster? And if it was like no, or we can't because there's probably like maybe we could, but there's like five other teams that could also go to Worlds or whatever. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, let's not spend more than one point five. Uh, on a roster this year or something. I don't know. Or, or like, do we think we can go to Worlds next year if we... Whatever. You get the point. Uh, Icecalf, thank you for the call. Icecalf? Icecalf? Remind me again? Icecalf. Icecalf. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Uh, do, you, do you... Have we swayed you at all against CLG getting top four? No, not really. I still think you're kind of underestimating how much vulnerability there is in the top five. I think they, a lot of those teams look a lot shakier than kind of people are giving them credit for right now. That's fair. Well, one quick question, though, for you is what do you think the, about Immortals? Oh, sorry. One quick question for you is do you think Immortals could be a threat? No. Okay. Well, because uh, I, 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 if I was to bet on a team making top four and kind of being like the, what, the last Fly Quest roster that went to Worlds, I would bet on IMT being that over... Uh, CLG, but I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Um, shout out to Game Fuel and Alienware. Um, those are two products that I regularly consume and only do because of Hotline League. Nice. I love to hear it. Thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you back CLG on. Top four. We'll have you on whenever they're getting top four and you're uh, shouting it out. What are you doing, Mark? What is that? What's the thumbs thing? 
I'm giving a thumbs up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're moving those a lot, which is a little weird. Okay. Thanks so much, IceCap. Okay. Uh, on to our next caller. What about a what about a ad ad break? We could do that. You need to go use the restroom or something. Yeah, I drank like four things before this. <laughs> Mark Mark is going to go handle the game fuel he consumed earlier, which is a great time for us to talk about game fuel. Uh, thank thank you to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. Uh, again, as we said, we're trying to look. We love Game Fuel so much, we want them to stick around. Uh, and you know how you can help have Game Fuel stick around by drinking one of the delicious products that Kelby and I are both holding up on screen. Sorry, podcast viewers, you can't see this. Uh, you can't get this flavor anymore because it's courageous sherbet. But uh, in fact, I'm, I love it so much, I have to go raid Kelby's fridge. But uh, there are more delicious flavors available at gamefield.com/travis. I'm going to put the link in the chat right now so that everybody in the chat could click the URL and everybody watching the YouTube video could like open up the description right now and click the URL and make sure you're going over there cuz uh even just I mean obviously like I'm sure they track sales but also you just going to their website I'm sure is something that they would like to see from me and I'm all about making sponsors happy. So uh, head over there. Try. I recommend the Cherry Burst or the Orange Storm. Those are my two favorites. Uh, orange Storm kind of tastes like an, an orange soda almost. Cherry Burst has a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just really good. It's the first flavor that I fell in love with. And then some of you may remember the campaign that I did to try to get them to sponsor us. And then Kelby helped me make it happen because he had the relationship there. And it's been sick. So head over to gamefield.com slash Travis. Use code Travis when you purchase uh, one of these products. Maybe give it a try. Maybe just give it a try. You know, buy the variety pack. They have a, by the way, they have a zero sugar variety pack if you're, if you're into that. Um, and try a couple of flavors. And then if you if you like one, tweet at Gamefuel and say, hey, I tried this because of Travis and I like it. And if you don't like it, uh, just shut your mouth. I don't want you to say anything. Uh, but I'm confident you will like it. So that's why I'm suggesting this to you because I really like it. It's a, really the only energy beverage I've ever really enjoyed. So. Thank you so uh, so much to GameFuel for sponsoring the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and Mark is still not here yet, so I just want to continue to iterate that like it's a great product and you should use code Travis at checkout. You'll save. Check out their Victory Pass, by the way. This is one of the cool things that they do. You can click Rewards up at the top, and you can get rewarded for uh, purchasing cases. They've got a whole bunch of stuff on there. They've got uh, discount codes. They've got... Uh, desktop and mobile backgrounds. They've got some even physical products they will mail to you if you get enough. I actually think it's a great system. It's really neat that they do that. Anyway, Mark's back, so we can finish the ad. Thank you so much, Gamefield, for sponsoring the show. And uh, Mark is off to go get one of our next callers uh, right now. Thank you to Avura for the 28 months, Brizen Chips for the gifted sub, D9 for the gifted sub, and Columbiano XP. Thank you for the five months. Looks like we got Red Panda here. Red Panda, where are you calling from? Uh, Greenwood, Indiana. Greenwood, Indiana. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I was going to talk about how EG is slowly becoming the uh, new C9. And I thought of this because you were talking about how Cloud9 is becoming the new TSM. So it kind of made me think when going through, EG is doing a lot of what C9 used to do. And there are other teams that put development into younger talent like we've seen golden guardians do it and dignitas do it but like when eg's doing it right now with jojo and their danny and they actually have like north american players right like people think they're going to contend you know they're taking big chances dropping uh players with big names and p 
people think they're going to have success with it, which I guess is the opposite of Cloud9 because everybody thought they would suck when they did this. But uh, I feel like slowly well, they didn't, starting... it's, the difference was Cloud9 uh, was giving up on like very popular players. Whereas, like, EG, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying the only reason why C9 always got so much flack is because they'd be like a player that got MVP or something and then they transferred them. Juzuke is not quite that level, you're saying. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. So, but sorry, yeah, finish um, your um, thought, um, Red Panda. Uh, yeah, it was basically my point is that they're actually they're filling that gap of a team that's going to bring in young talent and show that you can perform with some of these North American players which I think is super important. I think this roster is one of the most important rosters to perform this year because of all the memes of there's no North American talent on some of the top teams other than, like, Blabber. So I think that's super uh, important. Okay, so I, I apologize in advance to all the EG staff in, in, in the audience. Um, how many titles has EG won? I don't think they've oh, I know, won. I know the answer to this one. I know. It's gonna, he's oh, going to reference Kelby, T. Kelby, for you. Uh, uh, Kelby got his hand up first. Uh, that's none. Yeah, you're right. That's that's zero. Um, Kelby, this one you might struggle with. How many How many does C9 have? Uh, I honestly don't know if I know. Three? Oh, I think four. That, it's two four? springs. It's two springs and then the back-to-backs when they started their career. Or their, their um, team. Um, so I feel like EG has a little bit of ground to make up before I'm willing to uh, go with this. But call. you just mean by philosophy, Red Panda, and like approach, right? I, yeah, I said, and I also said slowly. Like I'm not saying like people actually give a crap about some of the people that they're bringing in, right? Like when Golden Guardians or anybody else brings in, you know, they brought in like Niles, they brought in other players. Can't even remember all their names, but. Like, people actually, like, they care about Danny, they care about uh, JoJo. Yeah. They, you know, now have Vulcan uh, that's, I mean, he's already proven talent, so I can't say that. But, like, people actually care about what EG's doing. They're becoming sort of a favorite for people, like, fandom-wise. Like, people, you know, root for them. And I feel like the philosophy is actually starting to transfer over. So I don't think that people will root for them. Like, I don't think that they actually have very much fandom yet. I think they are a team that people are interested in and care about, but like, I don't think that they have m many fans. I think honestly in the LCS, I feel like it's difficult to get fans unless you actually like win at least one thing. Um, that's, that's kind of what I was going to say as a follow-up is like method is cool, but if you don't actually do good with it, it's, it's more in theory than in practice. I mean, what about world's appearances? What about finals made? Even if you don't win, you know, like I think making finals is like something you can hang your hat on. There were a lot of years between 2020 and 2014 where C9 was making finals left and right. They just weren't winning them. They were they were dropping them to TSM, but they, they were still in those finals through multiple rosters as yeah. they, they turned them over. You know, like, again, I'm, I'm ap apologize to EG. I'm intentionally being a little harsh with this call. Actually, EG is a fantastic org, but like, they haven't made a single finals. They haven't made a single Worlds in four years, 2018, or no. They came in and... Uh, they came, they came in, in franchising, right? They came in at the end of 2019, Mark. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, okay, yeah, three years. They've been here for two years. Two? Yeah. Are we not... I guess we're not counting the, the initial EG. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, if you want to count okay. their previous years, sure. Uh, but no, like, yeah. That was essentially okay. an entirely okay. different team and ownership and a staff and exactly. Okay, okay, sure. 
Well, uh, I'll agree with this caller if they make Worlds or make a Finals this year. Here's what I will say. I would like... I, I, I think there's a lot of, I don't know, things to criticize C9 for or whatever. And, like, I know they've actually... It's been a weird situation where, like, I, when Mark said how many have they won, I actually thought it was going to be, like, six or seven. Like, I, for, I you forget how often they get, like, second place and then, like, actually pop off at an international event or something. And so you think that they've had more success. But one thing I do think C9 has always been really great at is, like, throwing in a name from a player that people don't know too well or, like, taking a ch- like turning down an opportunity to have, like, a star player and then bringing in somebody that is, like, younger or whatever. Um, and that is, I think, similar to what EG did is doing right now. And so I, I think they're probably not at C9 level yet, or they're not doing what C9 did, or they're not necessarily becoming C9, but they have the chance to be that. I agree with that. Like, if they can do this, they have the ability to be the team where, like, they're not going to go out and... I mean, I think C9 kind of broke their own philosophy this year when they brought in perks. But for a long time, C9, through some uh, creative contract negotiations, but also... Through uh, through just like picking the right talent and not going with the Steve, I'm gonna buy a bunch of players. Like they've been, a- they were able to find a lot of success per dollar spent in the league. And I mean, I don't know what um, EG is paying their their players this year, but like I think they could go a similar route where instead of being like, yeah, we're gonna fucking be like Steve and pull over like all these players and sign Bjergsen and stuff like that, they could end up being a very competitive team with out being like we're gonna essentially buy wins you know so um i don't know i'm i'm hopeful for eg i would like them to to gain uh some fans and to have some success and all that i obviously have a lot of friends over there and um and i, I like all their stuff so i think it's been uh, i think it's cool i hope i hope they have success with this roster and i think it'll be good for north american talent if like yeah obviously five fire doesn't end up on a team but if jojo and danny are crushing people next year that's gonna be great I, I'm kind of in agreement with Travis, but I think that you know this is kind of the the watershed year. You've been you've been in the league a bit now, and you have the smartest organization in esports. Although maybe that's like split between them and CLG now. With yeah, it's, it's yes, CLG yes. now. I'll never forget Kelby's uh, previous appearances. So so like this is the time to kind of like prove it. You know what I mean? Like this, and it sounds like the caller. Uh, believes that there's the opportunity for them to do so, but you know, like now is maybe the time where where you make it happen. Well, I think it's fair to because Mark thinks that they've been well, in the org for half of the league, but uh, if you look at just the two years, like <laughs> it was a yeah. fucked up sentence. What of the what of the interviews <laughs> for half of the league? Half the league's existence. Um, but when you look, like I, there were very candid interviews that occurred at the end of 2019 where they were basically like. We they got accepted and then they scrambled to like they had like uh who who did they buy previously the Echo Fox stuff all those players got removed from their roster they had like no assets to like come in and do anything with they just scrambled to pit whatever team they could in 2020 I think people had more expectations for that roster and it underperformed but like it is true that they didn't have much this year I think was the first year where they had a chance to like really try to build something and like obviously I think they looked better and they were able to turn around like the opinion on Jazuke, but it, it wasn't enough. So I agree with Kelby that like next year is going to be a really big year for this org because it's like, okay, you're now running out of excuses. Like I know it was really tough. Th- thank you. Clock cruncher. 
I know it was really tough whenever you didn't have any assets. I know then you had to like try to build something last year, but now you've got enough time to like make it work. So whenever, uh, whenever uh, Mark is saying like, I don't think, I think it's fine for EG if they don't make it to worlds and he thinks they've been in the league for five or six or seven years. Uh, like I just disagree with that. I think, you know, even if it is only year three, like it is important that they make it to worlds. Well, I think it matters, it matters the the ruler that you're using here. If they're supposed to be the next C9, as the caller is saying, the, the new C9, then like, yeah, they they better start putting up more numbers. But if I don't know, if if this this roster finishes fourth, I'm not going to write it off. Uh, I have a question though to the caller. When you say they're the new C9, does that mean C9 is dead being C9 and they're a new org? They're like new identity to you, or is it like there's two C9s? C9's the new TSM, think- like Travis said. Sorry, the, the yeah, he said it was the new TS. <laughs> I don't think that they're really the new TS. I just think that with LS coming on board, it's not probably. I mean, they're taking a chance on a uh, young Korean talent with Berserker, right, and Winsome. I mean, we're mixing but, analogies here. Like, I argued that Cena is the new TSM yeah. from like a fandom perspective. And my, my point, yeah. my point was just like, do we not think? C9 is this org that goes for talent where they think they find it. That's always how I, I've kind of viewed them is, is they they don't get caught up in names um, and, and they're able to make moves where they think it, it's good. Up until this is a, a slightly different angle. It's it's more driven with a Korean approach and an LS probably philosophy guiding it. But like it, it feels somewhat consistent to me in that regard that it's not like a, an obvious roster move in that sense. Like... Jack again has made waves in the off season. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Red Panda. Thank you for the call. What do you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Uh, obviously, Game Fuel. I uh, love Game Fuel. All those flavors you're talking about. I love. Uh, I can't remember what the blue one's called off the top of my head. Yeah. And well, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm getting messages from somebody telling me to shout them out like 20 times. So I guess my my buddy Toxin. And <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yes. Chargeberry okay. Blast, by the way, is what is the flavor that you enjoy. Thank you so much, Red Panda, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Right. I said the blue one. Yeah, the blue. The blue one is Chargeberry Blast. <laughs> Go look it up, Kelby. Gamefield.com slash Travis. You can click. The on blue one is Charged Cherry Blast. Charged Berry Blast. Oh, I thought you said Charged Cherry. My no, bad. No. My bad. Cherry Burst is the one you are thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually charged cherry burst. They they both have charged at the front. In fact, a lot of these are charged, like charged orange yeah. storm. There's a lot of charging that's happening. There's a lot of ions <laughs> packed with ions. Oh, okay. Wait, I I remember the physics conversation we had now. Oh my god. Oh, when I was talking with you at, at uh yes. whatever. <laughs> yes. Did you watch the video? No, I haven't. You gotta link it to me. Mark, All Mark right, was I'll, trying I'll to get. It several people to watch a video about how what the, one of these the days i'm gonna stream genshin i'm gonna stream genshin and instead of having a face cam in my microphone it's just gonna be this video playing uh sounds Anyways. like a, a stream that's gonna really pop off for you mark uh okay mogul is here mogul where are you calling from hi i'm calling from dallas texas dallas texas what do you want to talk about on the show um so my take was that bierson will have the defining year of his career next year if he can carry the uh, TL to victory, and I kind of want to add international success onto here, as uh, he will have to be the carry on this team, and he'll have to show that he still has the GOAT material that he showed he had in Season 4 and Season 6. I mean, it is true. His quote, I believe, was, 
A lot of people want to see me fa fail. If we don't win spring, if we don't win summer, if we don't do well at Worlds, it's a failure. So I can, uh, I can understand. No, it's a joke. Um, but okay, so you think you think that he's going to really pop off and have a ton of success both domestically and possibly even internationally? Why do you think next year is going to be the year for him? Well, and this is coming from a long-standing TL fan, so hear me out. Um, I've noticed that for a lot of time that TL is a team that has struggled with proactivity and with trying to call plays. And from what I saw from Bjergsen in Season 10, he quite frankly was able to solo carry an entire team to an LCS victory, Summer Split. It was basically 1v9 for a lot of it, at least from what I saw. Um, that may just me be me being the salty TL fan who got third place that year, but whatever. Um, anyways, um, my my point being that he has a solid support around him, which was not the case in previous years. And I think that he has the resources in this team that will allow him to show off his skills. And if he can go back to his carry potential days that he showed back in Season 4 and Season 6, that he'll be able to uh, propagate the success and be able to actually have any team that's competitive internationally. Um, I'm curious, do you, do you think that this roster is better than the, what was it, the 20, 2015, 2016 team? Or was it 2016, 2017? It was 2016, 2017, right? Uh, 2016, the, the, 2017, yeah. What's that? I think it was 2016, 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you yeah. think that this one is better than that? I definitely think so, yeah. And it's entirely because of Core JJ. Yeah. I do really, really, really like the idea of Core and Bjergsen playing together. God, that sounds great. It's like... You well, wait till you hear Bjergsen what the their, their team is. What did you say, with Travis? That level of macro. Sorry, Mogul, one more time. No, I was just saying, when you give Bjergsen the ability to make plays with this, this big brain macro, it should be just GG, in my opinion. Uh, Mark, do you think that Mogul should be concerned at all because Kor and Bjergsen have both had off seasons? Like, Obviously, they've been incredibly consistent in North America, but like... Is there, like, I don't necessarily think they always look great. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you think that there's a, there should be any kind of concern there or should there just be sort of this big faith that they're going to pop off? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I feel like the core JJ demise narrative, if anyone believes that it was like pretty overblown. I mean, he slumped a little bit, but come playoffs, he was pretty damn good again. Um, so I, I don't know if anyone thinks he really had a whole off year. Um, I mean, there was also drama going around. One of his teammates was having migraines. You know, like it was it was hardly a, a, a linear year to, you know, gauge players' skill. Um, that said, I'm more interested in the, in the Bjergsen side of this take because as he, as he said in, in Discord, you know, he will need to be the carry to show that he's still a goat material. I was wondering if, if in that perspective, you're saying someone else is surpassing him or that like, he's not, he's still the goat of all time, but he's not the best right now. Like what was, what was the angle there? Well, it's, it's more of a, he has to prove that he has consistency to stay at the top, to be the goat in my opinion. And there's chances for people to overtake him in the future. If he can't keep up that consistency. Yeah, like you don't want. You're just saying, 
he has to be really careful that the narrative doesn't become like, oh yeah, he retired and then he like came back and then was not the same or not as good or whatever. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. He's he's yep. already not the goat. He's gotta he's gotta do stuff to pass Peter. Uh but I think that this is one of the steps that he would need to take. Peter won with three different teams and he's won more than anybody else. Bjergsen won exclusively with TSM and he won a lot of those with Peter and then didn't win when Peter wasn't there and then won again when Peter came back. So um, I think this would be a good opportunity. I also just like, and granted, I've never worked with these players on a competitive level, but just from what I've heard from Peter about both of them, I just really feel like, again, like, man, from a leadership perspective, Kor and Bjergsen on your roster has just got to like feel good. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about this team. I'm, I'm hot on them, but yeah, uh, I, I did want to, you know, pick the brains of like, what, what are we defining here as goat? What's up in the air? I mean, I'm kind of with Kelby a little bit. Like if you put a gun to my head and say like Mount Rushmore or like, you know, first all, all hall of famer, you only get to pick one. I'd, I'd probably pick honestly double it first. Um, so I'm kind of with Kelby. I think this is a exciting new chapter for your, for Bjergsen. Um, and I think on this roster, I can see what the caller's talking about a little bit about needing um, a uh, carry in a sense. Like, yeah, Hansam is insane. You can play around it for the most part. There, there, there's talent across the board, but uh, I think it would be cool to see Bjergsen step up more to the hard carry role than the supportive role that we kind of saw at the end of his, his TSM um, days. Man, uh, I where... just want to see some Bjergsen's that. Is that too much to ask for? You want to say what? Some Bjergsen Z. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, Z sucks. <laughs> was, was was, I much. can't remember the last time I saw Zed in a competitive match. Uh, I mean, the you wouldn't have seen it, but Pentanet played it. What do you mean? I, think... I, I follow... <laughs> what are you looking up? The tournament or the, or the, the region? Uh, internet provider NBO. Oh, that's not it. That's their. Uh, that's the. That's the sponsor that they're. Pentinet GG played it at the World's Play-in tournament. Um. I mean, oh, I yeah, just I don't know. Oceania. There you go. I I don't know if Bjergsen will be like it. Definitely is a chance for him to try to surpass Doublelift. I just don't know if he'll be able to surpass Xmithy, the real goat of of the LCS. Gotcha. Main Cloud's throne remains unchallenged. With those Sejuani ults. Man, did you call him Main Cloud? His name was I Man said Cloud. Man, Man Cloud. Okay, okay. Maybe I misheard. Main Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember that Main Cloud? I, I fucking love watching Main Cloud. It's like you're starting to sound like Kelby right now with the. Uh... <laughs> why? What Man Cloud didn't talk like that. <laughs> no, it's just Mark. Mark at affecting an accent to make it sound like he's saying Main Cloud. My God. Uh, okay. Uh, do I think so? So the big question, I okay. Here, I'll I'll say this though. You talked a little bit about international success. I think it's going to be really bad for Team Liquid if they show up and look mediocre at Worlds this year, or I don't know, go to MSI and have like a really disappointing performance. Like, it's I, the, the stakes are kind of high for Bjergsen here because like everybody knows him as like a top player in the league or one, you know, top two. Um, and debated about first or second, but like they also know he's never had interna any international success, and so I think if it's like okay, well now you've got core, 
you've got this sick roster. Like you've got a, a roster that I think a lot of people might think is like the best roster LCS has ever had. And then like you either don't go to worlds or when you do, you show up and you suck uh, or your team doesn't do well or whatever. Like, I think that's going to be really not great. So I think the stakes are fairly high for Bjergsen next year. And maybe you're right. And like, he'll, he'll crush it mogul and like, he'll have a career defining uh, season, but I think there's also a lot of risk for him this this year. Kelby's got a smile. I can't wait to hear this. I I well, I think it's a good hypothetical. How deep does TL need to go at Worlds for Bjerg to get NA goat status? Semis. Semis. Hundred percent. You think it's okay? I think he's got to go further than that. Oh Damn, really? I think, think, no, I think so. I think he's got to go to Grand Finals. Against SKT and solo kill Faker. Okay, okay. Well, listen. All right. First well, off, that's reality. Good if that happens. T one, T one. Secondly, I mean, if you're if that happened, yes, absolutely, you're right. He will be the goat. But I don't think that's the necessary thing. I mean, I think Peter it, won. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say Peter won a single best of five. Uh, it was it was an incredible one over IG. But you know, like yeah. if. If um, Bjergsen gets out of this group and and beats a, a competent team in the best of fives, I feel like that would that would put it pretty close. Yeah, I think I think if you have an incredible like, here's the problem: the world's format fucking sucks. We've all talked about it to death. Like, if what? you go into quarterfinals and you end up against a team that like you you go to five games and it's highly competitive, and then that team like stomps through semis and finals, like like I think that that's also uh, you know goat status. It just sucks because like you don't realize it until later on, but. Wait, losing in quarters counts? Losing in quarters, like, let's say you go, you put up the best performance against the world champions. Like, you go five cool. games and, like, they go, and then the world champions go in, like, 3-0-3-0 in semis and finals. Like, you were probably, there's a chance you were the second best team at the tournament. Man, not, not even winning a single best of doesn't do it for, like, I can see the argument for semis, but man, if you can't win a single best of. If you're losing to the team that you would have lost to in finals because the format sucks, like. Sure, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big if, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but like, you you can't play that game as North America. You can play that yeah. game if, if you're like, you're a Korean team who loses to the Chinese team team that wins or, or whatever but like right. north america is playing from so far behind that if you don't actually win the series no one gives a fuck they'd be like you're lucky you got two you got an easy group dude hasn't, <laughs> hasn't perks really lost, what was the meme perks has lost to every team that's won worlds for like the last three or four years or something yeah like if you that. want to predict the winner of worlds just see who perks loses to or something yeah, like that exactly. maybe it's c9 um the other thing i'd say for for bjergsen is I feel like having a good international performance is is important as well. Like even just on an individual level, like actually being competitive, it, it felt like he kind of got beat up as well as TSM going zero six and being the the worst performance you know NA has has ever seen from their first seed. Like that that was a big black eye, I think. Yeah, in a lot yeah, of ways, true. dude. I blacked that from my memory, dude. I don't even remember that. I still see that nine man sleep when I go to bed at night. God. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Wait. Uh, Kelby, was it one of you guys said this, Mark or Kelby, that you feel like we were talking about? I don't think you said it whenever we were talking about something. One of you guys told me behind the scenes that you felt like that zero six like killed TSM essentially. That like Bjerg, maybe it wasn't one of you. I might. I might have said that. That was the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like they went zero six. We don't know if Bjerg and Doublelift would have quote unquote retired or whatever. 
Like they didn't make it to worlds the next year. Like who knows what next year will look like, but I do feel like there's a world where like everybody well, looks there's, back. Well, there's all like the drama too, right? Like it's not just, oh, I mean like this year on a performance level wasn't great, but it wasn't God fucking awful for TSM, but all the off season stuff about the Reggie double if beef, if you want to read into people leaving TSM potentially, you know, like who knows how, how TSM's future looks, but that like, you know, if, if you look back in, in, in a couple of years and, and TSM is, is just like a, a mid-level team, I would, I would point to that world. and I'd be like, that killed them right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you so much to Mogul. Mogul, what do you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Um, just game fuel and alienware real quick. Thank you. No, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's always nice to hear. Have a good rest of your evening. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, uh, shout out really quickly to, uh, Brizen Chips, D9 TV, Mac to Ace Safar, Fenron Jenkins, who says, who dares some of me? He's at 47 months, close to four years. And then Clock Cruncher for the 10 gifted subs. That's super swell. Uh, this has been episode 200 of Hotline League. 200 Ooh. episodes. Jesus. It is actually crazy. It's, it's actually crazy to think about that. Uh, cause these are what about, um, uh, two hours each so there's 400 hours of hotline league programming that people and everyone should go back i think look kelby's doing a rewatch of game of thrones right now i think everybody should go back and do a rewatch of hotline league <laughs> start with episode one and uh go and, and let finish whatever you're caught up uh and then keep listening because i think that's a good idea um mark what do you want to uh, shout out it's 16 straight days of watching if you want to start. If, if you put yeah. on Hotline League as a playlist and put all the videos in a playlist, you can get through it in just 16 days of nonstop listening. What is the, the meme? Okay. So here, Wait, here's what it is. You can, you can finish around Christmas if you no, start. No, 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 no. This is the thing that everybody says. The meme is like, oh, you know, if you, pit what, if you start watching, you know, what, Harry Potter episode, whatever, you can see Voldemort die right when the new year starts. Okay, so next Wednesday... If you start the show sometime next Wednesday, you can just watch every episode of Hotline League and you can finish the episodes right now as I am talking while the clock strikes 12 and when 2022 starts. Uh, so just let, put that on the calendar, everybody. Next Wednesday, start watching all the Hotline Leagues. Set up a playlist so they play while you're sleeping, but you're still listening to them. And... Uh, if you don't love Mark and I after that, if you don't want to go buy Game Feel or an Alienware computer after that, I don't know what to say. Because um, uh, that's a lot of content. Mark, what do you want to shout out? Um, shout out YouTube 1.5 or 2x speed. Um, makes me get through a ton of content much faster. I can't listen to people in regular speed on video anymore. It's, it's a struggle in real life sometimes too with Travis, but... Um, thank God for 2x speed for, for listening to a lot of stuff. I get through a lot more content. It's true. I have to talk really quickly whenever I'm around Mark. Otherwise, he gets distracted and starts looking at his phone. Um, shout out Genshin Impact. We're doing Resin Refresh tomorrow with Atlas at 3 p.m. instead of uh, noon. It's a little bit later because he's in Korea. Uh, and he's a hardcore player, so I'm sure he'll have some, some good stories. Uh, also, I started streaming a little bit more. It's kind of crazy, uh, but you can follow follow my own stream, and and you might actually catch me doing something what interesting is your stream someday. Mark? What? What is your stream? 
You said people can find what? Where do they go? The, find the it? Mark Z. It's, I, it's the same as everywhere. My YouTube is the same. I'm gonna start uploading YouTube content too. I'm just doing more content in general. Two two E's. Uh, T H E E. Phonetically, the not syntactically the. Yeah. Well. Cool. I'm happy to hear <laughs> you're gonna fucking compete. No, I'm just kidding. You don't know you're you've got some do you want to see what you're uploading to your YouTube channel because I know I know what you recorded or you want it to be a surprise do you want to manage expectations um, no it's just like actually Kelby will like this probably he, he might like it more uh -oh. than the other content well definitely will he doesn't give a fuck about league anymore um I'll, I'll probably be just using it to upload general like reviews and analysis on videos movies TV games that kind of stuff as opposed to just League of Legends what have you what have you what are the two things that you oh recorded my god today. travis you're making me blush talking i'm trying about to help this. promote oh your content so people god. can get excited about it yeah uh so i redid an arcane review because ours are 50 minutes long and they're by act kind of so they're kind of fucking unwatchable in a like <laughs> quick succinct review so i made one of those and then I, I like video essays a lot so i'm i'm doing a video that examines telling instead of showing because everyone says show don't tell but i think telling is really cool when you do it well and uh i'm using the matrix as a case study very cool. Well, uh, that's go find Mark's film critiques on his channel. Uh, Kelby, what do you want to shout out? It may surprise a lot of you to know. Oh, no. That I am somewhat of a fan of the Chainsmokers. And for those of you who followed the Chainsmokers for a long period of time, you'll know that they started off as essentially the goats of Big House when they first broke into the scene and then they got really popular and they started making pop music well at the start of covid they went to hawaii and they started working on tcs4 that's their fourth album for those of us who are who are not deep in and they haven't they've been off social media for like over a year and i'm like in the back of my mind just hoping like hey guys maybe we're gonna release some edm music again we're not going to do another pop album. So, Alex Drew, if you're listening, if TCS4 is an EDM album, we're great. If not, there's still time to go back and re-record. All right? You've had your fun. You've made your money. Let's get back to our roots. Let's start making some club bangers again. All right? I miss you guys. Please come back. Thank you. They still That's play all. Chainsmokers at clubs. You can hear their uh, Coldplay stuff. Yes. That song came out in like 2016. <laughs> Did it? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that their last album? No, they they released Memories since then, and they released uh, World War Joy. Would I know the World War Joy ones? Which ones are the ones where like... They slept on a mattress in the back of the car type deal. That is pre-memories. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh... Wait, where was, which one was Roses on? Well, that was, that was on, like, their, I don't even know if it was on, like, a formal album. It's like an EP or album. something? It's like an EP, yeah. They, they used to just do a lot of, like, single releases, and then they, yeah. Well, uh, I... Also want to shout out the Genshin channel. 
Uh, I know not everybody pays attention to Genshin Impact. If you're mildly interested in it, I would ask you to go watch episode one of Resin Refresh, which is on the TGI Genshin channel, which as of today is now... You can now go and watch ads. On the, that's the big news. You could go watch ads on TGI Genshin because it unlocked mon YouTube monetization today because we had enough subscribers and hours watched and all that stuff. So uh, we're, we're growing it. And... Uh, I'm trying to promote it more because I think we're creating great content and we've got a stable audience, but I now want it to do there. And by the way, you can also listen to it on your favorite podcast platform because we're now distributing it as an audio thing. So uh, listen, we don't want to get to episode 400 of Hotline League, okay? We want to get to episode 200 of Resin Refresh. So uh, help help make that. I'm just kidding. We love the show. Obviously, this is where it's at. But uh, thanks to everybody who's been watching. Thanks to everyone who's watched 200 episodes of Hotline League. If you're out there and you've watched... Every single episode of this show, first off, how are you doing? Secondly, I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. Kelby, you've not watched every episode. Yeah. Um, I can even tell you who was on the show last week. Anyway. <laughs> Let me prove to you how many I've watched by talking about your most recent episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, and next anyway. week, you've got Last Shadow on it. Yes. Last Shadow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, LS, a.k.a. Last Shadow. Uh Thanks, yeah. everyone, for 200 episodes. It's truly been great. Thank you, Kelby, for coming on. Thank you to our wonderful partners who have made it happen throughout the years. And uh, we'll catch you next week for LS's episode, episode 201.